Support for Let's Go Blues Radio is brought to you in part by Manscaped, the very best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Oh, my God. Get 20% off and free shipping with promo code LGB at manscaped.com. Look good, smell good, feel good with Manscaped. As the world's only personalized vitamin platform based on a health assessment and your DNA, ID Life provides its members with high-quality ingredients backed by pure science. It's science. Check out rockinthatidlife.com and speak with Dustin about how you can reach your goals today. That's rockinthatidlife.com. Centerized Brewery is a proud sponsor of Let's Go Blues Radio. Visit centerizedbury.com today to schedule a no-contact curbside pickup or make a reservation in their awesome tap room. That's Centerized Brewery located in Midtown St. Louis. Let's go Blues! Get ready to hear some noise tonight! You're just seconds away from Let's Go Blues Radio! Let's have a Donnybrook! Eric Brewer was so bad. <laughs> Are we like Ogil Corp? Are we suspended? I I reciprocated the dickness. Selfish, Selfish hockey. hockey. That's right. Selfish hockey. What did I tell you about stick tape? You don't need it! No doubt about it, eh? You're listening to Kurt, Bill, and Jeff on Let's Go Blues Radio, the original St. Louis Blues hockey fan podcast. Take it away, boys. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts. Oh, boy. We have had a start to this show like no other. <laughs> Welcome to Season 9, Episode 24 of Let's Go Blues Radio. We're the often imitated but never duplicated. Uh, the original St. Louis Blues Hockey Podcast, Let's Go Blues Radio. Uh, support for Let's Go Blues Radio is brought to you by Manscaped, the best in men's blow the waist grooming. Get 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com with promo code LGB. Look good, smell good, feel good with Manscaped. And by ID Life, the world's only truly personalized vitamin platform based on a health assessment of your DNA. Visit rockinthatidlife.com for more information. That's rockinthatidlife.com. And get 10% off by texting Dustin at 636-393-8745 and tell him Let's Go Blues Radio sent you. And by Centerized Brewery, St. Louis's hockey-themed brewery. Visit centerizedbrewery.com today to schedule a no-contact curbside pickup or to make a reservation in their awesome tap room. We're broadcasting live on uh, Tuesday, February 23rd, 2021. This is franchise episode number 290 all-time. Your hosts tonight are yours truly, Kurt Price, Bill Day, and Jeff Honder. And for your listening pleasure, for the next little while, we'll be talking St. Louis Blues hockey, along with special guest Benjamin Hockman from the St. Louis Post-Dispatch. Uh, so we're looking forward to that. Probably the most uh, uh, impressive guest of the day on the show, probably. Uh, to, <laughs> to, <laughs> to interact with the show on uh, social media, we're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Uh, just search for Let's Go Blues Radio on those platforms or go to letsgoblues.com where you can also find past episodes of the show, browse the fan discussion forum, and visit our shop where you can get some awesome blues-themed t-shirts and stickers that help support the show. We're dual live streaming right now on YouTube and Facebook. If you haven't already done so, please subscribe to the show so you'll get notifications when we go live. Gentlemen, last week we went from nine inches of snow during last week's show to uh, today, which was a balmy 63, I think it was. Or ish. Um, so St. Louis weather is a lot like the St. Louis Blues. Inconsistent. Yes. Uh, and I'll add that uh, we made the joke last week, and, and not really a joke. Kurt is used to uh, nine inches. Uh, this is... Uh, 
this is a week uh, where it's I'm used to zero inches. So <laughs> there's you, that. Are you in the doghouse? Are we gonna go there? Are we gonna go there right now? We're gonna do this. this I mean, show? we can if you is want. This, uh, I mean, we uh, have we have almost, guests. We have a guest. What what is? We have a guest. I guess we yeah. do have a guest. So so in terms of guests, you mentioned earlier that that you know best of the day, right? In terms of all time, what would you say? Angela Sharp one, Ben Hockman two, and then Bertie Federko three. Uh, you know what? <laughs> yeah, Erica Weston's up there too. I think Ben. I gotta Hoffman get Erica in there too. And Erica Weston yeah. tied. It's a tie. And then it's a Mount Rushmore. It's a Mount Rushmore. You know, <laughs> there it is. That's right. <laughs> right. Grant Fuhrer, sorry, you're off the list. Uh, you're, you're yeah, the Grant list. didn't make it. Chris Kerber didn't make it. Yeah, sorry guys. Ken Wilson. Yeah. Ken Wilson didn't make it. Oh, baby! <laughs> it's a tough list to make, man. <laughs> I'm saying. Oh, um, yeah. So we uh, late getting started. Uh, apologize for those listening, uh, if you're still listening uh, or watching. Um, <laughs> uh, major technological differences uh, with the show to uh, begin, but uh, such is life with a podcast. So oh, we I haven't had that in a well, while. Unfortunately, that's the end of the show, folks. Thanks for tuning in. Yeah. We're out of time. <laughs> We're out of time. Uh, the uh, official beers of episode number 290. Um, I guess uh, uh, you can follow us on the Untapped app. My handle is at CPrice12. Jeff's is at JPonder94. Bill's is at BillyBlueNote33. And uh, I don't know, Ben, are you uh, are you on uh, Untapped? Are you uh, you are you like not have not ventured into that the dark web of social media <laughs> that is untapped <laughs> i do i mean I, I at this point i might as well be i'm 40 years old i might as well be 80 years old i don't know what untapped is. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a it's a basically a, an app for alcoholics that they like to go on oh, okay. and, uh, just just basically uh just a, you take a picture of what you're drinking you rate it and you, you put it up and people can see what you're drinking if, they, if you follow them so oh, that's cool. it is very fun yeah it's neat so. Yeah, it's it's the app for all the people that got chased off Facebook for posting pictures of beer. That's really what it is. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> it's the it's the what it's the parlor. Uh, there was no other part. There's no version of uh, of uh, <laughs> of Untapped. So please, that please well. don't not not with the parlor. Let's not get into that. I'm just <laughs> uh, so uh, yeah. So uh, uh, so we got myself, we got Jeff, we got Bill, and we got uh, Ben Hockman from the the Post Dispatch sports writer from the Post Dispatch. Um, local boy, uh, hometown St. Louis uh, kid. Are we going to do beers or are you we, just going to announce we, we have beers? Well, Ben has a beverage. I figured I would let the folks know who he is before I just say, hey, Ben, what are you drinking? People are like, who's Ben? <laughs> ben who? I don't know. You didn't, did you introduce him? I don't know. So, <laughs> so anyway, welcome to the show, Ben. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> All right. Uh, I, think, I think the question is, what are you drinking, Ben? Yeah, what are you, what oh. are you guys drinking, Ben? Well, I, I haven't opened it yet. I can't decide. It's kind of like a, a, a vintage wine. When do you open it, right? That's this is my my Nelly uh, Budweiser. I like it. So is that a, is that a yeah. pint? That's a pint, right? Or not? That's more than a pint. What is that? Twenty ounces. Um, Twenty ounces. Pinch juice is what it is. <laughs> so, um, Twenty ounces, I think. Twenty ounces. Yeah, that's. Uh, that's pretty cool. You know what you do? I used to collect beer cans before when we moved uh, moved houses a while back. Uh, they got lost in the move. I had a bunch of cool beer cans, but what you do? You know, you you punch a hole in the bottom. You, you to keep the top intact, so you can you can then 
drink the beer if you'd like or whatever. And I actually had a, I had a, a, a blues, uh, Stanley cup, uh, Pepsi can on my shelf over here in my studio. And I, and, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm working on my computer one day and all of a sudden I hear this and it is leaking. It always, it sprung a leak out of the side, a pinhole. It was just spraying on the wall. I was like, what is that? Hmm. So yeah, not good. No, not good at all. Not good at all. So, uh, okay, Bill, what are you drinking? I am, uh, I went, uh, local. Unfortunately, I, I couldn't get to center ice quick enough, uh, before the show, um, to, you know, since we're announcing our, our new sponsorship with them. Um, so I decided I'd just go local, um, with, uh, something I had in a perennial sump, uh, Imperial coffee stout and, uh, it's beauty. It's a beauty. Very nice. It's a beaut. Well, uh, me, 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 I'm going to go with the single speed this week. Uh, I, was that what I had last week? I can't even remember at this point. Um, days are just blending together. But single speed, uh, ale brewed with jasmine. Um, not sure what jasmine is, but I, I don't know, maybe something from Aladdin. Uh, I, don't, I don't know. Uh, but uh, apparently it pairs well with poultry and Oh, I can't even say that. Some kind of cheese. Commember cheese? <laughs> All right. Awesome. Uh, but great stuff. One of my favorite sipping beers. Uh, great year-round beer. Awesome in the winter. Awesome in the summer. Uh, great stuff from Four Hands. I would have loved to have gone with a Sunrise beer, but uh, I am all out, actually. I went there this uh, last weekend to watch the Blues and Sharks, but I didn't bring any home with me. But I do have here a uh, fairly local uh, O'Fallon, Missouri beer, a Blackberry Macaron Ale, which, I don't know, we're getting to the point where this isn't really beer. I mean, it's it's ale. It's beer. Uh, it's good. It, it's, it's, it's purple. <laughs> it's, I don't know if you can see it. It's kind of purpley. But uh, it's almost like a, it's a very fruity beer. It's good. I like it. But uh, it's kind of a Stephen Walden thing going there, like a 3D uh, Blackberry thing on the on the bottle on the label. So anyway, quite yeah good. that that was that was the straggler of the Cookie Tin Pack. Hmm. It's good. Yeah, that, that's how I got it in the Cookie Tin Pack. Right. Yeah. Have you had? Did you have the? Uh, did you get the Cookie Tin Pack, Bill? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did you? I okay. I, I think my favorite was the peanut butter. Yeah. Personally. Yeah. Peanut butter and uh actually made it with uh or drank that with um uh some Thai food one night. It was amazing. So highly recommend it. Uh we have a guest, as we mentioned earlier. Uh Ben Hoffman from the uh Post Dispatch, sports writer from the Post Dispatch. Um Jeff, I believe you've got the the questions here for Ben. So Yeah, you, of course I do. Yeah. Uh First of all, uh, Ben, great having you on the show. You know, we appreciate you sticking around for the issues we had uh, going here. But um, we, you know, again, uh, not to uh, not to completely stroke your ego here, but, uh, you know, we're all big fans of the work you do. Love the baseball work especially, but obviously the hockey stuff too. And, and again, we talked about this before the show started. St. Louis boy, uh, you left for a little while. You went and covered uh, – you wrote in New Orleans. You wrote in uh, Denver. Um, so very cool. Always good to have a good local boy come back writing about the, the, the teams here. So, uh, love having you. Thanks for coming on the show. We really appreciate it. Oh, I'm excited about this. Thanks for your kind words. Yeah. Let's, let's talk some St. Louis sports. Of course. So, uh, got to ask, uh, first of all, before we get into St. Louis sports, I do have a couple things I wanted to ask you about going to school at Mizzou. 
uh, School of Journalism, of course. Uh, what was the hangout that you went to mostly when you were in Columbia? That's a great question. Um, so I was there from 1998 to 2002. So if I can do this correctly, Monday night was George's. Two, I can't, I'll, I'll accelerate <laughs> this. Uh, Wednesday night was Fieldhouse. Thursday, I didn't go every night all, see, all school year. I'm saying when I was to go out on a Wednesday, it would be to Fieldhouse. Thursday, to Harpo's. Friday, to Fieldhouse. Um, Saturday night was date night. I remember that, that, that was people say that's when you that's when you take uh, take someone out on a date. So Saturday night was video game night for me. <laughs> <laughs> I am with you on that hundred um, percent. No, I, uh, I I I did not go to Mizzou, but lots of friends who did and um, and visited. I, I dated a girl who was there for a long time and. Visited Columbia pretty much every weekend for uh, it, so it's like it, literally I saw the same people in Columbia and they'd be like, oh, so uh, what program are you taking? What classes are you in? Uh, I I actually don't go here. I go to community college out in St. Charles. Uh, but um, what, no, I, 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 one of my one of my favorite places was uh, Fieldhouse Harpo's Deja Vu. Was that the name of the the little yeah. dance comedy club? Harpo's yeah, I went there a lot. Of course. I think Deja Vu was a strip club in Carbondale when I went to school. Was it? <laughs> it might have been actually. I think it was a. I yeah. think it was a strip. Uh, were, you, were you a fan of the uh, Shakespeare's Pizza there in? Uh, in yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I I like it a lot. I I don't I don't say it's the greatest pizza in the United States. However, I do say that Booch's Burgers in Columbia, Missouri, is the uh, greatest burgers in the United States. I love that place so much. In fact, I proposed marriage there huh. uh, to, to my wife. The person said yes. Uh, <laughs> said yes. So, I, uh, what about, uh, uh, were, were you more Shakespeare's or G&D's? Oh, if I, I'm Shakespeare's. Definitely, definitely. And there, there was a Domino's as well. I don't know if you've heard of that one. Although that might just be a place. We uh, they actually oh, sold uh, they Shakespeare's would uh, freeze their pizzas and ship them and I know uh, in Edwardsville for a while there was a shop, a small store that uh, sold uh, frozen Shakespeare pizza from Mizzou. They, they've awesome. they've since closed, but I, I had it a couple times. It was pretty good. Uh, there's a great comment here in the uh, YouTube chat, Kurt, that you should check out that I'm not going to read on air. But Brandon Toma, nice work. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Brandon he makes Toma. a comment about night Toma, yeah, Brandon yeah, Toma. Yeah. Okay. I'm gonna. What's what's the line? Uh, you're, you're suspended for two weeks time. Is that the yeah, line? Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're suspended for two weeks time. Uh, we're writing you down in the uh, the the suspension log. You will. <laughs> yeah. Yep. <laughs> won't steal that. Won't steal that gig though. We won't do that. Uh, three yeah, weeks time. I, uh, three well, weeks time. Yeah. Three weeks <laughs> time. Yep. Uh, so again, you you went away to uh, you, you left after college. You went on to New Orleans. You you went and worked in Denver. Worked for the Denver Post, a very well known publication out there. But one thing I wanted to ask you about: you wrote a very awesome book, and and this is something I actually heard of years ago and never have the chance to read. And I think I'm going to have to do it now that we've got you on the show. Uh, Fourth in New Orleans. Um, that's an yeah. interesting book for anyone for anyone who doesn't know about that one. It's a story about uh, Tulane University's 2005 football season played after Hurricane Katrina. What was it like writing a book like that uh, after such a tumultuous time there in, in New Orleans? 
Yeah, that was a fascinating opportunity as a storyteller. Uh, I mean, look, these guys, I mean, they're big, tough football players, but they're really, a lot of them are still teenagers, 18, 19 years old. They're from New Orleans. Their homes are gone. Uh, they're not with their families. Uh, they're displaced with their football team, and they played 11 games in 11 cities in 11 weeks, and it was just crazy psychologically and 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 there was still that passion for new orleans though i learned a lot about athletes and 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 pride and and perseverance uh interviewing these players for that book yeah it sounds awesome i know that uh, it can be purchased on amazon for anybody who is interested in that one again it's called fourth and new orleans uh is there a better site for them to visit to, to purchase that for you ben just come by the house. You'll be okay. <laughs> so he's at two one eight seven. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, I'm Amazon's what? great. Amazon's great. Amazon's good. Okay. So, um, again, uh, moved on to work in Denver as well. And I wanted to ask you just about, um, you know, in general, you know, grow up here in St. Louis. Um, you know, following the Cardinals, the Blues, the Rams at that time as well. Um, you know, I don't know if you were into soccer, but the ambush. And then all of a sudden, you're moving on to covering other teams, other sports. Uh, you know, I know that you got into basketball. Uh, I don't know if you were into basketball before you uh, moved from St. Louis. But what was it like, uh, you know, kind of growing up thinking, I'm going to be, because, again, I had a very similar upbringing where I told myself I was going to be a blues writer. That was going to be my career. Um for you, I'm sure it was similar. So when you realized you had to leave and take a job elsewhere, what was that like for you to kind of make that decision? Yeah, I mean, as you know, like I'm very fortunate to be in this business. It's it's hard to, to, to get in this business and to, you know, get your foot in the door. I mean, there's only a certain amount of teams, which means there's only a certain amount of writers, there's only a certain amount of websites and newspapers, et cetera. So um, when I was offered jobs in New Orleans and then Denver, it was like, take them, man, take them. Um, so I never thought that I would come back to St. Louis. It was just kind of like that was home. Those were my teams. Um, toasted ravioli was my thing. Becky, the queen of carpets, my middle school crush, the whole thing. <laughs> and and that was that. And then um, I was promoted to columnist. Uh, I was fortunate to have that happen at the – Denver Post in 2013, perfect timing, right? When the Broncos got Peyton Manning and got real good and went to the Super Bowl. And then when Bernie Miklas, the great sports writer, went to radio only here in town, uh, I was fortunate to be hired to uh, to do that job for the Post-Dispatch. Yeah, I, uh, that, I mean, again, having you come back was great. Um, so, so when you made the decision to come back, I mean uh, – what was your family's reaction? What was it like for you to say, hey, I'm, I'm, look out, St. Louis. Ben Hockman's back, baby. <laughs> I mean, it was it was nuts. It was just something I, I, again, like I never thought I would live in St. Louis again. And suddenly all these, it, it's kind of, I'm trying to think of a, a, like a movie comparison. But it's like people I hadn't seen in 
15, 20 years were suddenly in my life every day at the coffee shop, some guy from high school, some kid from preschool, some, some teacher that's now retired. And I, I see them all the time. All these people from my past are like part of my new norm. It was, uh, it was, it was rather interesting and, and a bunch of fun. And of course, I mean, at the end of the day, like, I mean, I grew up on the Blues, I grew up on the Cardinals, and now I get a chance to write about them and share my opinions about them professionally. I'm, I'm very blessed and very fortunate. So uh, before we get into talking St. Louis sports, which is obviously why we have you on, uh, we got a couple comments here in the YouTube chat. F117 Nighthawk, a good, uh, good friend of the show here, uh, she's asking, uh, how do you – she says she's from Tulane. Uh, and she actually lives in Denver, which is, yeah, wow, hilarious. Bill Bill responded to her and said, we did market research, and you are now our target demo, Nighthawk. So <laughs> that does seem to be the case with this guest. But um, uh, she wants to know, how do you pronounce New Orleans? Oh, well, um, first of all, it depends on how many Abitas I've had, I suppose. Uh-huh. Uh, but, uh, purple Haze, Purple no, Haze? I mean, I, mean it's, it's, I say New Orleans. I don't say New Orleans. It's not New Orleans. And then if I'm trying to, uh, like when I took my wife there on our first trip, uh, trying to impress her with kind of a little accent to say, New Orleans, New Orleans, and kind of get that round and uh, oh, if you will. But uh, yeah, I, I, but no New Orleans. That, that's kind of like the tell. Like, did you see that movie? Um, uh, oh, Inglorious Bastards. Where they, he's like, he's like, help me out here. If one of the three of you has seen the movie, but he's he's in a bar and he's undercover and yeah. it's going great for for like so long. And then they said, like, how many beers do you want? And I help. He says like two, three. But I think it's in, three, in but it should yeah. be three. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and that's when they knew he was a fraud. Like, so if you're <laughs> if you could hang out in New Orleans for days, but the minute you drop a New Orleans. You're a Yankee. Get out of here. <laughs> you had named uh, uh, a beta name drop. I was I had to run a half marathon down in uh, Baton Rouge, and uh, uh, a few years, three, four years ago, was it? And uh, uh, yeah, I had quite a few uh, purple a beta purple hazes after the after the oh, the, yeah. the race. Yeah, that was that was a good time. I've got a a beta purple haze thing on the wall over here, but now I'm afraid if I take the camera out. No. Like, just to hear me out, I swear. <laughs> God, Believe you, I don't want to touch technology. I just want to – if it's working now, I don't want to touch it. <laughs> this right. is, it's, it's working right now, so let's not touch anything. Uh, so over, over time, uh, obviously, you, you moved here to St. Louis, as we said. Now you're covering your St. Louis sports teams. And, again, I want to draw reference to the fact that there's another book you wrote in your time in Denver, 11 and 11, A Hometown Hero, LaRusse's Last Ride and Miracle World Series for the St. Louis Cardinals. Like you, um, I experienced this from afar. I lived in um, I lived in Texas when they won this World Series, but uh, so I know that was interesting for you. But being able to move back right about the St. Louis Cardinals, now you are deep into St. Louis Cardinals lore. I have to ask you, I know we're a Blues podcast. What are the Cardinals' chances this year? In a nutshell, give me what's going to happen. Well, I think it's as simple as, as this. I was an optimist that they could still win the division before he happened. You know, uh, I mean, a lot of things had to go right, and they still have to go right. The idea is this. They're, they're very strong. I mean, I'm preaching the choir here, but they're very strong with pitching in the bullpen and the defense, but their hitting was 
abysmal. Like I've been on softball teams that have higher OPSs, like that would have higher OPSs if playing against the National League. Um, but the reality is now with Nolan Arenado, we can dream a little bit here in St. Louis, right? I mean, here's a guy that's around a four or five war player. Uh, suddenly, I mean, you're a team that you think can win the high 80s wins. Now you're in the low 90s or whatever it is. Um, he, he just really uh, lets you, uh, I guess, imagine more. And also his existence does a lot of things to the other key hitters because he gives protection for Goldschmidt and he takes some of the pressure off DeYoung and the pressure off the kid Dylan Carlson. So, I mean, there, no, the, on paper, the Cardinals are not better than the Dodgers. They're not better than the Padres. But I feel like they're strong enough to, if they get in this postseason tournament, which I think they can, um, maybe some, some fun could happen. With the, with the uh, acquisition of Arenado, uh, did you have any interesting conversations with any previous uh, coworkers or contacts in Colorado? So this is kind of neat in this regard. As a columnist there, I, I, I was there for Arenado's first few years with the Rockies. So I didn't get to know him, like, really well, but I, I interviewed him probably, I don't know how many times, 15, 20 times, uh, and, and got to know his, his feel for baseball, what made him tick. Uh, I did one piece where I compared him to Brooks Robinson, so I got Brooks on the phone and talk to him about Arenado. That was like a cool experience. So um, I was definitely well-versed in, in, in Arenado when the, when the trade happened, and I was able to utilize that and write some columns for the Post-Dispatch with some insight, if you will. And I got the old manager, Walt Weiss, on the phone, which was fun. I, I mean, I, I was born in 1980, so, like, anytime you can speak to someone who you assume is essentially, like, just coming off a baseball card. It's like, it's like the person on the baseball card is talking back to you. Um, that's pretty cool. So talking to uh, Walt Weiss was awesome about Arenado for the Post-Dispatch. Who have you been most starstruck by? For me, I've told the story on the show. One time I was walking down the bowels of, well, at the time, Scott Trade Center, and walks by me coming around the corner as Wayne Gretzky. And that was the one time in my professional career where I said, Nothing. I couldn't even talk. I was like, oh, my God, that's Wayne Gretzky. And he gave me the weirdest look. Like, And then I think he realized, like, oh, he's just one of those guys that is just, like, idolized me growing up. So he's probably just, you know, I'm going to be nice to him, even though he's a f- complete freak. Have you ever had a moment like that in your uh, your professional career? Well, again, the timing, right? So when I moved to New Orleans in 2002, they, they got their NBA team that very year. Um, so – Basically, our sports editor, even though I was literally the newest guy on staff, he was like, if you've got ideas to cover the NBA, like story ideas, we'll get you credentialed for the games. So I'm like, okay, kid in a candy store. So I went to the majority of the games, and that was one of the years Michael Jordan was on the Wizards. And I went to the the Wizards morning shoot-around and got to talk to Michael Jordan. So, like, at that, that time, like, I mean, I was 22 years old, so I'm more or less, like, still in college. You know what I mean? Like, I'm still on that, that hangover from April and in second semester. It hasn't even ended yet. And here I am chit-chatting with MJ. That was pretty surreal. 
Uh, F117 Nighthawk in the chat here. Uh, honestly, your pieces were great on Arenado after the trade. So I oh, wanted to read great. that because I thought that was very nice of her. Um, and uh, oh, so let's get in. Let's, uh, we're Blues Podcast. Let's talk a little blues with you here real quick. Uh, yeah. You said in your latest, uh, by the way, I want to promote uh, Ten Hockman. We'll give you some some time at the end to, to mention that again. But Ten Hockman is your uh, 10 a.m. You, you post uh, video, right? Of uh, you know whatever's going on is that that's every weekday correct in St. Correct, Louis Ports. Yeah. So uh, you uh, you mentioned on uh, your last one, I think that was actually this morning, that last night. Well, it had to be this morning that the Blues' fourth line was their best line last night. Um, I don't want to people tune into that. I'm not going to uh, to make you exactly quote what you said, but uh, kind of elaborate on that. What did you think of the Blues' fourth line last night? Well, I mean, it kind of just sums up the state of the Blues. I mean, it, I didn't mean it to, like, knock the fourth line per se. I mean, those fellows played hard. And De La Rosa had four shots, four hits, was very active. He's got cool hair, by the way. Um, but, I mean, clearly, if, if your fourth line is the standout line in a game, you're probably not doing well. Uh, and they didn't score a goal in the game. So, I mean, we, we know the Blues have a lot of issues. I mean, I joked in the video, like, if you want to read – and I, I, I joked in the video, and then I even said in the video, and I'll say it here, like, the joke actually isn't that funny or clever. But if you wanted to read the Blues injury list, just get the Stanley Cup and read the names off that because <laughs> it's basically half the Stanley Cup team is currently injured. Um, so, but so yeah, I mean, there's reasons why some of the other lines aren't clicking well, but uh, you, you got to put some pucks in the net. Yeah, agree. Um, and and we'll definitely be talking about that a little later in the show. So stay tuned, folks. But uh, um, also, I uh, wanted to ask you about your take on this team. Now, obviously, going into the season, high high hopes here for uh, Blues fans. And um, I think a lot of people thought that they're at least as good as they've been been the past two years, if not better, with some additions they made. Uh, but uh, you know, here we are, a couple games into the season. Well, more than a couple games, obviously. But um, you know. Are they a real contender in your eyes, or are they a pretender? What uh, you know? What do you think they need to improve on? Do you see this team going deep? Your overall thoughts on the state of the St. Louis Blues right now? Well, the state of the St. Louis Blues right now on this day, February twenty third, is is not that optimistic about the literal human beings playing hockey last night and the, the coming days. But I remain optimistic about this Blues team. Uh, when they get healthier um, because of the personnel. Um, I, I mean, again, they're probably going to have to figure something out with defense, with, with defensemen, right? I mean, if, if Pareko's back thing is keeps them out for a long time and Vince Dunn looks deplorable and um, now Gunnarsson's out for the year, I mean, can you acquire a player? Uh, is there a move to make there to bolster your blue line? But, uh, I, I again, I remain optimistic about the team in general because uh, I, I feel like they, at, at their best, they're a contender. So let, once they get to their best, like hopefully for them, it'll be in the summer. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Um, and, and who surprised you a lot this season? You talked about the fourth line. I think Della Rose for a lot of us. I'm sure we'll be mentioning him later in the show as well. Um, a guy who's really stepped in and played great. Um, but you know, it, obviously, anybody else you want to mention. Uh, who surprised you a lot this season, whether it be in a positive or a negative manner, uh, anyone that you can think of off the top of your head? 
Sure. I mean, I mean, it's almost cliche to say, but like Jordan Cairo, he's pretty good. And, um, you know, uh, I, I wrote a piece about him the other day that I was, I enjoyed writing. I, I interviewed an actual speed skater uh, about him and his abilities uh, to go, to move up and down the ice. And he, it is just like otherworldly speed. But the, I mean, again, like, I feel like, like you guys are so savvy with the blues and so are your listeners that the things I'm saying, like you, you already know, but like the reality is that, um, Kairu is, is, is playing such a versatile game now. It's not just the speed. He's getting in the corners. Uh, he, he's, he's, he's unafraid more times than he's not. Um, and, and those are the things that Barube likes. Those are the reasons why he's going to stay out there. And if you look at the stats, I mean, it's close to a point per game. That ain't bad. Um, I also wanted to ask you, and, and again, we mentioned earlier that, you know, we love your writing, we love what you do. Um, and, and it's funny because, again, somebody who, you know, I, I wrote, uh, you know, not for the Post-Dispatch, but for KSDK.com and, and other spots. And you always try to find that interesting take that nobody else is taking when you're writing. And I know how difficult that can be. And you mentioned earlier your, your Brooks Robinson uh, comparison to Nolan Arenado. You did something very similar to that recently in something you wrote. Uh, you compared Justin Falk to Marshall Falk, uh, <laughs> former St. Louis Rams running back who was just beloved here in St. Louis. Um, how much fun is, is that kind of thing for you? I mean, and how unnatural is it to do to and then do your best to, to make it natural and flow naturally? I mean, what was it, what was it like writing a piece like that? Well, I mean, it's ridiculously fun. I mean, I, I, I mean, I work hard, don't get me wrong, but I really feel like I've won some sort of St. Louis golden ticket, I suppose, or, or I guess it would be like gooey butter ticket or the image. <laughs> I don't know. But um, I'm very fortunate to get to write about these teams that I grew up watching. So, yeah, so I guess I have this perspective. And moreover, I feel like I'm writing for the girls and guys that are like those watching this is this a show, a podcast? What are we right now? What are we on right now? Right, we're, we're, we're a YouTube, Facebook, uh, uh, live video stream right now, and it's a podcast released tomorrow. Yep. Yes. So people tuning <laughs> into that, I mean, like, we're all, we all had similar experiences. You know what I mean? Like, it, so it's really fun to be able to do something like, oh, my God, Falk. Like, I guess what I'm saying is, like, anybody, anybody could – Give give him give him or her five hours, uh, a laptop, and a, a, an interview with Justin Falk, and they could probably write an okay piece about Justin Falk. So it's like it's up to me. It's like what can I possibly do to like take it to another level to make the readers of the Post Dispatch be like, all right, this is worth my time. And so with the Falk piece, I wanted to uh, I took I believe it was four or five specific uh, things he did on the ice, and they had nothing to do with the goals that he'd scored. And oh, by the way, he'd scored more goals than I believe 13 teams defenses had scored up to that point. And I just wanted to show different uh, dynamic, versatile aspects of Falk's game. And as I'm writing it, I'm like, you know who else was dynamic and versatile and wore <laughs> yellow and blue and played in St. Louis? And why am I talking in this voice? But um, it, of course, <laughs> Marshall Falk. So um i was able to do a little thing with that and again like i said hopefully that was a more enticing read than what i could have done which has been like justin falk is really good this year look at his stats they're great 
<laughs> yeah, and I think that's what I think that's what people appreciate most about columnists such as you. You mentioned Bernie Miklas earlier, somebody I grew up. I'm sure same as you, grew up just idolizing, reading every post they posted. Uh, people that have fun with their jobs and and just you know uh, try to find the lighter side, but also tell a very intriguing story. And I think that um, that you do a great job of it as well as other guys. I mean, obviously, we know that uh, Thomas that you work with he. He has to, uh, you know, he has to do the gamers as well. But I know he tries to find the, the the happier side of life, so that way he can, you know, not get so mundane. Uh, you know, again, in front of the show, Jeremy Rutherford uh, position. Yeah. He had that before. Uh, Jeremy's told me before how it can get so monotonous, and to find the happiness into what you do. Uh, so we we appreciate that in in your writing. I think it comes through. Um, I want to tell our uh, our listeners right now that are listening live, we are wrapping up here with Ben. So uh, if you have any other questions, please send them over. Uh, this one, again, comes from our friend. Well, first of all, Brad Warthog in the chat says, cool to see Hockman on the chat. So uh, very cool that uh, uh, everyone's loving it. So good to have you on, Ben. Uh, F117 Nighthawk says, do the players seem optimistic about this season? That's a great that's a great question because the first thing that came to mind was that quote today from from Ryan O'Reilly, who and he said something along the lines of, of "We need to learn to lose together as a team before we can win together as a team," and uh, it kind of sounded like Petro November two thousand eighteen, if you will. Um, so, I, I mean, I I think they're still optimistic. I think. I think they realize how many key players are out right now. Um, but yeah, but I guess the, what's more infuriating is when you see the people you depend on not doing well. And that's why when Zach Sanford or, or Dunn are playing the way they're playing, it can be really frustrating because you're supposed to rely on these guys uh, and you're hoping that they take the next step uh, for the team. So uh, we got a comment here from Jason in the Facebook uh, chat, actually. It says, Gooey Butter Ticket had better become the name of some sort of promotion for the show. Uh, I'm all for that. <laughs> ben, we're going to steal that from you. I love it. Do it. Um, <laughs> I, I wanted to I ask you it again. My, where... oh, if, if I may, just what? hijack your show, by the way. Um, <laughs> I, 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 speaking of Willy Wonka, the other day we had um, our daughter – and she's a, a baby, so she's a baby, right? And uh, she's 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 eating and at the high chair. And I would normally she she doesn't want the food, but to this particular day I put it in her mouth, and she ate it. And before I could get more, she banged the table, like basically like whoa. And I'm like, who am I? Who is this Augustus Gloop? And she's like, whoa, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah, oh the man! Augustus Gloop and showed it to my wife, and we had a good laugh. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> That's a reference. That's that awesome. Is a great reference. <laughs> I'm just glad that all of us got it. <laughs> uh, ben, I wanted to ask you a, a, a little bit more of a personal question about here. As again, as we wrap up with Ben, um, I wanted to ask you about you know, and obviously Jim Thomas could probably speak to this more. Derek Gould, but it affects you as well. Um, how is, so, so again, you know, I've, I've talked on this show, I've given a little insight to people, what it's like in the press box, what it's like in the, the post game scrums, 
but obviously things have changed dramatically in the past yeah. year. Um, so how has COVID-19 affected what you do in your day-to-day? Now, obviously, we're not talking about the longer breaks and the weird off-seasons we're having, but in terms of your day-to-day when the sport's going, um, what's it like for you that's different from it was a year and a half ago? Man, I mean, I mean, there are a lot of Zooms now, and it kind of comes back to, well, basically, what to answer your question quickly, the idea is that the access is limited. A lot of sports riding, as you recall from going into the Blues dressing room, is is kind of getting to know the players and building a rapport and picking their brains and and trying to get some details or information that the other guys or girls in there have not yet got. Uh, that will thus enhance your story. Well, these days um, we can go to the games, and I've, I've sat up in the in the press box this year at, at uh, Enterprise, but we're not allowed to go down to the dressing room. So basically, everything is on Zoom. So the, basically, it comes down to like, how can I come up with something outside of the box or, or more dynamic? Because other because because Jeremy Rutherford's getting these quotes, Lou Korak's getting these quotes, everybody's getting the same quotes. Um, so yeah, there, there's definitely that challenge and, and all, but the cool thing about zoom is, is, is because you can do it in your house, like there'll be days where I'll just sit on the, on the couch and if it works out timing wise, I'll talk to Conzo Martin at nine 30 and Travis Ford at ten forty five and Harrison Bader at noon. And you know, <laughs> you, you can knock them out and gather the quotes. And, uh, so on that, in that regard, it, it's kind of cool. Um, but yeah, I mean, a lot of a lot of sports writing is developing relationships and developing rapport with the players. And that's not part of it anymore. Well, some, I would imagine yeah, I was, some of it is uh, some of what you're experiencing now with zoom. Uh, I, I'd imagine that that's a lot of that would go away when you guys could do more in person stuff. But uh, I'd imagine a lot of people in a lot of cases would probably still use zoom for certain interviews and quotes and things like that. So it's, that's, I guess that's a, it's a positive because it's just one more way to, to gain access to someone. Yeah, that's a good point. No question. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, if you're, if you're trying uh, also the one-on-one interview, like, like the sit down interviews, if you will, if you, the rare times you get to, I don't know, go to lunch with a guy or, or a girl, if you're interviewing them and, and really, really get them to open up to you and give you some great stuff. I mean, those are how some of the best pieces are written just from the access and, and the access is limited now. Yeah, I was going to say, I, I know that back in my day when I was going and I would wanted to interview, you know, Patrick Bargland or Ian Cole or whoever, you would I would walk up to Dan O'Neill and, you know, they'd always have the, the numbers up. You know, you could talk to 42, you know, 20 and 27 and, you know, Bacchus, Steen, Petrangelo. But I would always, you know, you got to know the guys. You'd walk up to Dan O'Neill and say, hey, I want to talk to Patrick Berglund. And he'd say, OK, yeah, let me go get him. I mean, what? How does how does that work now? If you want to talk to a specific player, do you do you just you have to uh, maybe email them? Or, I mean, how does that work? Yeah, I mean, Vader, I mentioned him kind of in that little anecdote there. Like, I wanted to interview him for something um, kind of off the wall. Um, so yeah, I, I emailed the Cardinals PR people, and but I didn't get Vader one on one. They just put him on the Zoom for everyone to interview. So I had to ask my kind of off the wall question about Ken Griffey Jr. and and playing center field to him and all the other writers got the quote too. Um and it's not, I mean, what are we doing here? I mean, we're not we're not curing cancer though. We're not, you know, we're not building 
huge buildings. We're just writing sports stories, so it's not the end of the world. But it is kind of frustrating uh, when you're trying to do something specific and, and some of your competition has access to it. Um, so, uh, my mom is in the Facebook chat. She's become a regular on the show. So Ben, say hi to my mom, if you wouldn't mind. There you go. Yep. There you go, mom. Um, she's, uh, I don't know if she's ever written any, read anything you've written, but let's just say she's a fan. Um, uh, Brad in the uh, YouTube chat says it's refreshing to have your input over at STL today. Uh, again, Nighthawk. Nat Hog adds and says, uh, honestly, COVID has made me see who is really passionate about what they do. Some reporters have seemed so stale. It's great seeing what people are coming up with. I imagine that includes you. So, um, again, I think people are really enjoying the stuff you've been putting out. So uh, I want to go ahead and say, speaking of speaking of stuff you're putting out, Ben, uh, 10 Hockman. T- tell us about that. How can people view it? Um, what, what, are, what are people going to get when they want to watch 10 Hockman? Well, I don't want to say it's Emmy Award winning <laughs> worthy broadcast, but I would I would say it's like Emmy nominated, I suppose. <laughs> is it a so, is it, it's a mutual award, a mutual award uh, winning uh, nominated kind of a thing? Yeah, they made yeah. it more of a mutual. Or, uh, yeah. yeah. So basically, the idea is like, how can we provide unique content to sports fans from our website and we came up with the idea of this. I mean, you're basically on 10 Hockman right now. This is the set. And every day at 10 a.m., uh, 10, my name's Ben, so 10. Uh, however, I got a lot of emails saying, like, they spelled your name wrong. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, multiple times on this email. Uh, you, s- you said your name wrong. Yeah, you said your name wrong. Right? He doesn't even <laughs> know. You know, I, uh, it's, it's very simple. You know, I, I, I just want to provide some fun uh, commentary. So I start the show um, with some celebrity birthdays. And if it's, a, if it's like Ric Flair's birthdays on Thursday, so I wear my Ric Flair T-shirt and woo very loudly. Friday is Michael Bolton's birthday. So I'll wear my, yes, I have a Michael Bolton T-shirt and I'll make some <laughs> office space references probably. And and then I'll, I'll just get into a St. Louis or national sports topic of the day. Um, like you mentioned today, it was just about the Blues game the night before. Um, once we're done here, I'll probably go watch the tape of the Mizzou basketball game and talk about them uh, in tomorrow's show. And then, but most importantly, um, we do the random St. Louis cards card uh, every day on the show where I pick a card out of the hat and then uh, say something I know possibly about the player. The Whitey Herzog one was one of my favorites. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think I, I have, uh, there's, this, this is such a mess over here, but they have Whitey Herzog. He was, I'll just reenact it. It was just him like, <laughs> the that's yeah, the best I saw. Have yeah, that's yeah. I thought that a lot of us certain baseball cards where there's like that's the best picture they had for a lot of players. Like, really, that's the best one they came up with. Okay, my my buddy dropped this off. This is like a Tony Pena card. Like, this is the action shot. I don't know if you can see that. Like, he's just kind of like standing there after catching possibly a pop up foul. They like they, so. Do they go through like dozens of Pena photos and like this is the one? Maybe this there's the yep. Maybe there's uh, different 
uh, price levels for photos you can purchase as you're a card company, and they didn't yeah. want to spend a lot of money on that particular player. So, okay, we'll use this level of photo. It's not a very high-quality photo, so we'll just cheap out on that one and go with a yeah. But if I may, my, my absolute favorite thing on the whole set, the whole set. Oh, yes, I love this one too. <laughs> the Stanley Cup. Nice, I like it. For those of you on the podcast, it's literally a picture of Stanley from the office on a cup. And so it's the Stanley Cup. <laughs> I love it. Um, ben, uh, by the way, real quick, before we let you go, Kurt, did you find his uh, his Back to the Future reference I asked you about in the, on his set? You know, uh, I, I have not had a chance to look. The, it's the look over his, too small. his left shoulder. Look over his left shoulder if you can. Bill, you... See, see if I could, if there? I could, if I could, blow, my, literally his, his window on my, on my four panel thing here and my is probably like four inches by three inches. So I'm trying to, I can't really make it out. That's something Bill's used to. Yeah. Just, yeah. He's just, pull, yeah. Well, they could do that. I was going to say, you could just point to it. Oh, it's a sports almanac. It's oh, the nice. sports, sports almanac. I have yep. it, now what's inside. Is this, is it the, the picture, the, the print? No, or is it's it just the, a picture. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I actually, I actually went as Marty McFly. Halloween a couple times, uh, pretty pretty extensive outfit, you know, with the chalking jacket and everything. Uh, awesome. And I have I I you, made I made the sports almanac, and it's got all kinds of references to the movie, like you know uh, uh, the 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 from uh, from the mayor poster and uh, uh, la la uh, cover, all that stuff. So yeah, it's it's, it's, awesome. it's pretty cool. That's that's fun. I have fun with it. Love that. He's, he actually wore it on the show. I did wear I did wear the jacket you, on the show. You dressed it as it on the show once. I yeah, did. That was I did. awesome. Can I make a um, suggestion? Surely. Quick. Sure. Why don't you do a Back to the Future episode of this where you're dressed as Marty McFly talking about the 1985 blues? 1985 blues. Okay. I like yeah, yeah, yeah. I like right. right. Right, right. I'd have to go back and see. I. What interesting happened in 85 of St. Louis? Well, we can talk about it, whatever it is. Yeah. Well, that was uh, that was the year Louis uh, – Louis. I just said Louis, Bill. How do you, you feel about that? Did it. You I did it. Oh, my I did God. It. Wow. This was a conversation uh, last week, man. No, there was uh, – Liut was on the team. We had Federico, Sutter, right? So I'm yep. sure there was some good stuff that uh, happened that, that was year. A, that was a few years after the uh, the great season. But 81 was that fantastic yeah. season. So Yeah. Yeah, no, that that was the, the mediocre season um, right before, you know, that crazy run in 86. So yep. um, Gilmore, Gilmore was, uh, you know, uh, the up-and-coming player on that team. And, uh, yeah, uh, it was Liut's uh, last ride uh, with the team. Um, so we should. sad season for me. See, that's it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Liut being uh, Bill's favorite goalie. Yeah, that's uh, that's a great idea, Ben. Maybe we'll do that. Yeah, I uh, want to add real quick uh, one more comment that we want to read here. Uh, ben, you're fun to follow on Twitter, and my dad doesn't think you're fake news. Thanks for being amazing and keeping my family entertained. And uh, I think uh, we can that's all agree very with nice that. Of my sister to uh, say that here. On- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Julie Haw- uh, Hawkman. Wow. Okay. All right. Um, you didn't put that. Uh, you didn't make the connection there, Jeff. Before you read it. <laughs> no. No. Not at all. Um, no. I uh, uh, Ben. We want to ask you uh, to to share with anyone how they could find your work, how they could follow you on social media, and uh, just you know, again, uh, uh, how they can uh, interact or follow uh, Ten Hawkman. Yeah, that's awesome of you to do that. I mean, you can, if you can't see it on the screen right there, 
at Hockman on Twitter at H O C H M A N at H O C H M A N. Just you know, follow and you'll you'll get a, a variety of um, St. Louis Blues, St. Louis Cardinals, Seinfeld references. Awesome. And there's there is a uh, Larry David also over his I left that, shoulder, yeah. which I love. That's pretty 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 good. Yeah, <laughs> Ben. Thank you very much. We appreciate it. We'll have to have you on again for a uh, yes. nice little extended interview, maybe in the off season sometime. But uh, we really appreciate you coming on. Thank you very much. Thanks. Ben. I enjoyed it. Let, let, anytime. Let me know. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Thanks, buddy. Thanks a lot. I'm telling you, you better be prepared because when I yank it out, everybody in that audience, with the exception of my wife, is going to be running for the exits. Hey, fellas, we are in the thick of winter and the storms are brewing. It looks like one to three inches are in the forecast when you trim that hibernation bush that's taking place in your pants. Luckily, our partners at Manscaped specialize in products to make sure you're walking around town with beautiful snowballs. The Lawnmower 3.0 trimmer is the best hygiene tool for the modern man. And because of their ceramic blade and advanced skin-safe technology, snags on your snowballs will be reduced. It's also waterproof so you can trim in the shower or jacuzzi if you're a savage. Get 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com with promo code LGB. That's 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com with promo code LGB. Thanks, Manscaped, for making our winter wieners look so good. It's a hard life picking stones and pulling teats, but sure as God's got sandals, it beats fighting dudes with treasure trails. Today in Blues History, courtesy of that STL Blues History Twitter account, February 23rd, 2020. Uh, is today's date, February 23rd, 1986. Doug Gilmore, uh, his first career, and Mark Hunter, his second career, uh, hat tricks uh, against Blues former Blues goalie Mike Lute, Mike Luit. Uh, in the St. Louis Blues 8-2 win over the Hartford Whalers. I hate uh, you all. <laughs> Louis. <laughs> Louis. Louis. Uh, February 23rd, 1991. Brett Hall hat trick in this game. His it was his 100. He scored his 100th point and uh, uh, and had a goal as well in his 13th consecutive uh, game. How's it read? Brett Hall hat trick, 100th point, and scored a goal. Uh, in his 13th consecutive game. I'm not sure what that means. Uh, Adam Oates had a 15-game point streak uh, in this game, c- extended it. And then uh, St. Louis Blues team record eight wins at home in the 9-2 to win versus the Boston Bruins. Anytime we can beat Boston and, uh, and talk about it, uh, you know, in a Today in Blues history, uh, I'm cool with. February 23rd, 2019, Jordan Bennington became the sixth goalie in NHL history to win each of his first six home starts with 31 saves and then uh, and then five shootout saves in a 2-1 to one win over the visiting Boston Bruins. Sammy Blay with the shootout winner in that game. So again with the sticking to the Boston in the uh, in today in Blues history. Also February 23rd 2021 which is today still celebrating the 2019 Stanley Cup champion St. Louis Blues over Boston. So there you uh, have it. By the way, talking about talking about Manscaped, uh, F117 says uh, she's going to let us know about her products she bought. She did not buy the ball wipes, she says. <laughs> Probably a good call. That might be one you don't need. Uh, Winnington Unlimited, or Winning Unlimited, Winnington Unlimited. Winning Unlimited. Uh, <laughs> That's good. Kurt, get us Car Shield sponsors. You know, they're signing everybody, so why not? 
Let's uh, let's do it. Car Shield. Maybe they'll have us in one of their commercials with O'Reilly and Maroon. And you know woo! what? If they do, if they do, I can sit here and go, woo! <laughs> uh, the uh, blues topics uh, from this show. <laughs> uh, injuries for the St. Louis Blues. Good Lord. $33.2 million in injured players right now we have. If I can quickly run on the list and we can kind of just uh, talk about anyone we want to talk about here. Uh, Bozak is out for, he's makes 5 million. Uh, he uh, skated on his own today. He might, uh, might be in the team skate tomorrow. So he might, his return is unknown, but he might be back soon. Uh, Pareko, five and a half million. Uh, his back is the issue. Unknown return. Uh, hopefully he's not too far away. Uh, Schwartz. Yeah, five. We, we, well, real quick, I just want to add with Pareko. Um, this is something we speculated for a while. So, oh yeah, it's good. It's good that he's out of the lineup. I think they need to let him get right before they bring him back. How, how, how many weeks ago was it where I was like, if he's not, I mean, he, he looks terrible. He looked, he looked not himself. He didn't look good. He's making too many mistakes. And I'm like, if he's hurting, which is the rumor, sit him down for, a week, two weeks, three weeks until he's healthy and then play him because he was, he was not, he put somebody else in there instead. Yeah. I mean, at this point, you're not in danger of missing the playoffs, you know, and if you've got a guy like a Pareko where you want still in the lineup, you're not really, I mean, I know that, that it's a shortened season, anything can happen, but let, let the guy rest. There's no point in playing him right now. If he's not a hundred percent, get him, get him right. Get him going, and if he comes back in a week, two weeks, three weeks, and he looks like himself from last year and two years ago, then guess what? You made the right freaking decision. So we'll see how that goes. And every time I think about, I hear the, about the Bozak injury, it just pisses me off. That I, yeah, it'd be nice if he's back in lineup for when we play Vegas coming up yeah. for the for the Mark Stone matchup. Yeah, and let let him be the guy that. That uh, you know, you don't want to don't want him getting into a scrum because of the uh, concussion issue. But man, just it just once, it would be nice to see a two-handed swing. I, I saw a GIF earlier, like it. tonight of of uh, Derek Sanderson back in the day, uh, oh. just jumping over top of the net with a one-handed chop at defense yes. behind the net. Do it. Do you're it, not, Tyler. You're not talking. That, that is, not, and and you, I think a slap shot was, was that. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. It was uh, inspired the the scene in slap shot. So you know you don't mean yeah, sorely on Brashear kind of that. No, 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 no. I, that, no that kind of just, a swing. No, no, just a uh, just a uh, you know a. Uh, uh, a scare tactic. You right, don't yeah. actually want to make contact. Well, that right? happened. That happened in uh, Russia, Canada, in the. Uh, the Canada Cup, or was it Canada Cup or the Summit Series? Uh, Summit in Series, 70, it was 80? Was it 72? 76. 72. Well, 72. The, one, the one, the oh, but was it with an official? Uh, 94. One of, the, one of the Canadian players uh, uh, went, uh, just went to the official and did that. The whole bring a stick back and he comes down, he stops. And it's like, holy hell. And he did not, I think he was suspended the next game. I think that was it, though. It was very light. Can you imagine that happened today? Cool. Cool. Oh, I saw I saw a game uh, that, that I think NHL Network ran. Um, I don't want to say it was during the offseason where they uh, there was literally a guy who 
like cross checked the ref because he was pissed at him. And I'm like, wow, could you imagine that right now? Dennis Wyman. He'd be banned. He'd be banned from the NHL. Dennis Wyman. <laughs> he he, he yeah. laid out the uh, ref. Winning Unlimited adds uh, on the uh, YouTube chat. I wonder how far fans are down on the depth chart. With that hustle, Winning Unlimited, if anybody's ever played with our friend Adam, uh, with the hustle you have, you can't be that far down the lineup. I would start, uh, you know, showing up the practice seat, showing him what you got. You talking like he's dealing behind the arena or is, is playing on the ice? Both. Like the hustle he's got? Both? Like the hustle he's got going? I'm, I'm talking yeah, street, I got ling- it. street I got lingo, that. Jeff. I I got you. All street right. lingo from 1974. I get you. <laughs> right. <laughs> it still applies. It's still a thing. <laughs> it's an older code, sir, but it's an older code, sir, but it checks out. But it checks out. <laughs> <laughs> nice reference. Thank, Thank you. you. I only botched up the. I, I love me some Star Wars references. <laughs> it's an older code, sir, but it checks out. Don't uh, fire. There's no life form on board. What? Yeah, why right. are you still not firing? So Come why not on. fire anyway? Yeah. Yeah. Just, Who cares? You know, just one, one shot. That's all it takes. You're the Empire. <laughs> just destroy whatever you want. You're destroying planets. What are you, but you can't destroy the little you, escape pod? I, are you siphoning fucking ammo? What's the deal here? <laughs> uh, speaking of Star Wars, not to go too far off, but have you uh, uh, viewed the... Harmony's uh, despecialized Star Wars ponder. Have I told you about that at all? Uh, no. Real short, real, real quick thing. You can you can download it online, uh, but you have to you have to jump through some hoops to find it because you know it's but it's fan recreation of how Star Wars was originally brought uh, shown in theaters because that copy does not exist anymore. The DVDs, the Blu-rays, the stuff you can buy that's released by Disney now and by uh, Lucasfilms before. Uh, it was not was not the original because they they changed it so many times. They added things. They took things out. Uh, the original version was shown in theaters in 1977. Is not available to buy, but fans put it together using all like, like laser disc and DVDs and stuff like that, and they spliced it together. And it's HD quality, and uh, it's the original Star Wars as close as you. So, can get to it. are you telling me that Hayden Hayden Christensen isn't at the end of Return of the Jedi in the original? <laughs> no, it's not. No, no. The, the, what. The, the 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 actor the the character who kills younglings is not celebrated at the end of uh, Return of the Jedi. So, oh man, that's crazy. Why yeah. not? Spoiler: um, for those you're you're my you're my friend, Kurt. So why don't you just send me some links? <laughs> uh, I actually have it. I have it on my. Uh, it's on. It's on Plex. Bill. Even better. Um, hey, yeah. guess what I'm doing this weekend? It's like it's huge though. It's like it's really big. It's like 30 gig or 40 gig. So I'd have to have a Blu-ray burner to get it to you. But anyway, I can, I'll work it out. You could, just, or, you, or you could, I can tell you where to find it. That works too. Uh, Harmony is despecialized. There's also another one too out there. I think it might be updated. Anyway, back to this hockey. will be deleted. Right, this will be <laughs> deleted from the podcast version. I don't know. It's, <laughs> what I'm not. I'm, you can whatever. Maybe. I don't know if I get in trouble. I'll get a call from uh, Disney. Real quick, we we mentioned earlier with Ben Hockman that um, uh, you know you try to find like this weird, different type of writing to where you know you can be different from other writers. This uh, this relays me back to that. There was a game. I might have even said this on the show before. I've tried to find the article. I once posted an article for I think it was for InsideSTL.com 
after a Blues game. It was during a it was after a Star Wars night at uh, Scott Trade Center, and I actually wrote the article like it was a Star Wars episode, and I loved it. I thought it was one of the best things I ever wrote. I don't know if anybody else would agree, but I'll try to find that and post it if uh, anyone's interested. Uh, Schwartz is out, uh, lower body injury. Doesn't, there's no timetable on his return. He makes 5.35 million. Gunnarsson, which just happened last night, well, he's out for the season with his knee. Uh, they're talking about reconstructive surgery that needs to be done. Uh, probably uh, 1.75 million. His Blues career likely over, I'd imagine. Um, I think his NHL career may be over personally. Yeah, yeah he's he's up there. Yeah. Well, how old is he? I didn't look how old he is. He's he's, he's probably close he, to 34, between 34 and 36, I would say, at this point. He is uh, 34. Yep, 34. By the time he comes back, he will be 35. Yeah, I mean he could he might he might try and come back. I'm sure he's not going to retire right now. He'll he'll probably wait and see what happens. I think best case scenario for him would be a two way contract somewhere, um, and hope he makes it. But I, and it's not even a fact of him not having the talent. I think he could still make an NHL roster. It's just after this surgery, and that's going to be tough to come back from. You know what though? I, uh, uh, people are okay. So just I mean, what happened to him is awful. I, I feel I tell before him, but uh, strictly speaking, as far as the roster goes now. Um, I, do do you think the Blues are any worse because Mikkel is going to play? And really, honestly, you can make an argument for Mikkel playing instead of Gunnarsson anyway. Right. I think they're they're fine. Yeah, I do too. But as far the as only thing, as far as Gunnarsson, the only thing goes. that hurts, and, and and Bill, I want to get your opinion on this too. The only thing I think that hurts is your depth. I think overall, I think Mikola is your better option. So getting him in there now, I, I love. Me too. But the thing that sucks is like if you had another injury, you would want to put Carl Gunnarsson in there. Right. And now you don't have that option. And and you would have the option to possibly call up Prunovich, but uh, he's done too. Yeah. He's gone. Yep. Yep. You're, uh, now your depth option is uh, Jake Wallman. And uh, instead of skating him as your, you know, your uh, – Twelfth uh, forward, uh, like they did the other night. Um, he's you're gonna have to stick him back then on the on the blue line. But um, you know, Jake's Jake's a guy that's never never gotten a shot to play the the blue line. Um, but after tomorrow night, that could happen. Uh, the way that uh, injuries are just keep mounting up for this team. But I, I think you're right. Mikula is definitely, you know, I I, I would have preferred him. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think we saw the uh, the hashtag damn it Carl uh, sneaking back in a lot more this year than we had uh, since uh, the Stanley Cup run in 19. Um, he just he wasn't having a great year. But man, that that injury is is horrific. Like just just um, watching watching his skate plant to the boards and the, his body, you know, just force it. Uh, Glad, makes me sick. Glad Krug's back because he missed a little bit. Uh, so I'm glad he's back. Uh, when yeah, I, I thought went, he was going to be out for a while. Yeah, I did too. And then, well, and Preco hopefully won't be out too long. Um, Bartuzzo's got to be feeling pretty good about his spot in the lineup <laughs> now, I guess. Yeah. Uh, he's pretty safe. So uh, he'll get a lot of playing time. I, I like him. I like him as the sixth defenseman. Yeah, I think no, he's he does fine. a great job. I think he's always been fine as a sixth defenseman here. So I, ever since we got him from Pittsburgh, it's been good. Um, I mean, he, he rightfully so. He's gotten sat to get you know, him and Gunnarsson kind of flip flopped uh, in and out of the lineup uh, for a lot of you know 
past couple of years. So uh, that and that was fine, but uh, I think he'll. And I, I'm fine with him as on, on the bottom pairing. Uh, Barbashev. Uh, oh, and this also with Gunnarsson being out, uh, uh, likely won't have to clear any cap when uh, Tarasenko returns. So there's that. That'll that'll help with the salary cap. So. Yeah. Uh, Barbashev is uh, makes one point four seven million. His ankle, he'll be reevaluated in six weeks, which is April sixth. So that sucks. Uh, Thomas has been out eight hundred ninety four k. It's his thumb. He'll be reevaluated in four to six weeks, which will be March twenty first. Uh, so he's uh, about a month away uh, from being reevaluated. Tarasenko seven and a half million. It's his shoulder. He'll be reevaluated in five to six months uh, from when he heard it, which is February 26th, is five months. So he's only a few days away from being reevaluated. He's been skating with the team so uh, and practicing. So he's not too far away. Um, it's funny how that works because you, you'll hear, uh, uh, you know, you'll see him skating, practicing with the team, and uh, you'll hear Barubi, uh, like you said, heard him say, well, he's a ways away yet. And that was like a week ago. Uh, he could, it would not surprise me in the least. And I'm not saying this is going to, I don't have any inside information. I don't, I'm not going to say it's going to happen, but it wouldn't surprise me if he gets a three or four more practices in with the team and all of a sudden you hear he's starting, he's dressing in, in like a week or two. It wouldn't surprise me. Just the way things go. I agree. Yeah. Uh, and don't forget Steen. Steen is on the injured list because uh, he hits his back and he is out for the season. He will retire 5.75 million. Uh, and uh, you can toss in Prunovich, which we talked about. Uh, he's out with the shoulder, and I don't have his salary. It's less than a million, I think. But anyway, he he's not. That's not counting against the cap right now. Anyway, well, you know what? Uh, you know what would have really helped out Scott Prunovich. I'm, I'm looking for an answer here. Uh, I'm thinking probably some. Uh, Hydrate, maybe, or maybe, maybe it was a cramp. Maybe that he had some that hydrate. The issue. You know, could have been a cramp. You know, you never know. Maybe if you had a little energy going into the game, like I have tonight, playing uh, the podcast as we are. There's nobody on this planet exactly like you, but with ID Life's genetic testing, you'll find out exactly how you're made. You'll learn to work with your body rather than against it. ID Life is the world's only truly personalized vitamin platform based on a personalized health assessment and your DNA. And for the month of February, add a DNA bundle with personalized vitamins to your cart, then click on Your Personalized Vitamins in the top menu bar to take the HIPAA-compliant assessment. After you finish, add your personalized vitamin recommendation to the cart to receive up to $100 in instant savings. Say what? I know, I know. Crazy, right? But you heard that correctly. $100 toward the health journey only you can take. Visit rockinthatidlife.com to begin learning about your body today and tell my friend Dustin that Let's Go Blues Radio sent you. That's rockinthatidlife.com. So before we get into the next bit of uh, stuff, we've got, uh, wow, we've got, um, wow, there's a lot of comments. Uh, sorry, folks, not going to be able to get to all of them. Uh, race Races Fan Rocks 4. Which we've uh, we've told before, big Eric Brewer fan. Uh, he says, uh, "I hope the NHL does more Lake Tahoe games at other lakes." Oh, that's cool. F one one seven Nighthawk, haha. The Lake game with the Avs was bad, and 
And it was funny because I was actually out to to dinner with uh, my family, uh, my actually my in-laws. And, uh, yeah, that game, they played the first period, and I guess they didn't factor in the direct sunlight. So they were like, oh, we're going to resume this game at midnight. Yeah. Do you, do you know <laughs> – do you know – did you notice uh, what parts of the ice were they were having problems with? It was it no. was the it was the dark graphics. Everywhere there was a dark graphic uh, uh, painted underneath the ice. That's the th- those are the parts that were chipping up and uh, getting ruts. So what it was is the the, the if the sun were behind, were it was the same temperature but overcast and no sun, uh, it'd been fine. But that sun coming down, it's like the inside of your car. You know, if it's cold outside but it's sunny outside, the inside of your car gets warm, right? Sun goes in. The sun hits that hits that dark color, and it gets warm, and it and it destroys the ice right above it. That so lesson to be that makes lesson, sense. Lesson learned for uh, future outdoor games: don't use dark graphics on the ice. Even use ice blue. Why? Even on the the red face-off circles and the center red line, use ice blue color as opposed to other red. than. Other than your your lines you need for for teams to be able to you know read and, and see obviously for being on the rink at this point in 2021 why was that not and maybe we'll see the change here but why was that not just generated for the TV audience right it's a good question right. the superimposed graphic right maybe, the, the yeah. blues are using it left and right now maybe the sunlight it's been outdoors, around forever maybe the sunlight has something to do with it although they use that kind of stuff in the NFL on fields. Yeah, so, so I think from now, I think we're going to see that from now on. I think they're going to start superimposing that. So maybe once you get fans well, back in the stands for Winter Classics, you'll see a change. But if they do this again next year with limited fan access, even, I don't think you'll see that. Even even the face-off dots, though, that red, even those were having issues. So I'm thinking that outdoor rinks should probably have like a like like I said like an ice blue color, so it wouldn't it would not it, it wouldn't absorb the sun like the darker Why colors not? do. I know. I mean, I'll admit, like, I mean, I, obviously, we all use the lines for offside and stuff, but if that's a blue line, I don't think that's a no. Who cares? I don't think that's an issue. No, uh, uh, blue or or uh, like an orange or uh, well, orange would probably be too warm. Uh, blue or yeah, blue. Uh, blue is a cool color, so it's not going to absorb the heat like that. A, a lighter ice blue would be perfect. My take. That's what I would do. And I'm pouring a second beer here. I'm going with the four hands uh, chocolate milk. Puck, puck guy 14 your second beer i'm on my fourth well you know what i've had a lot of stress here with this and i've <laughs> but that's why you should have more beer well i'm working on it <laughs> i want you to have five by the end of the show and we're you know it's funny that... you know it's funny you said you're on your fourth beer in post-production when i when i when i edit this show uh when we do the individual recordings and i can i i can hear just your voice for example on your track Right. So I'll be listening and all of a sudden I'll, I'll see, I'll, I'll go through and I'll take out any kind of like clicks or hisses or any like putting a beer down on the table. I'll wipe that out so you can't hear it. It's fantastic, uh, 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 flexibility that I have with individual tracks. But when I, I'll hear every one of your, your soda, your beer can openings, your, (laughs) (laughs) oh, I'll see, I'll see a spike. What's that? And I'm like, oh, it's a, it's one of a beer. I'm like, man, he's on his fourth <laughs> or fifth beer in this show. <laughs> so I know how much you're drinking. I'll, I'll see. Exactly. You can count. Oh, Padre had seven beers in that show. <laughs> That's so funny. 
because I sent you that out of context, Ponder, that uh, that recorded audio file. Where just yeah, it, that's all... that's a funny thing. <laughs> we for anyone interested, we we record separately each of us. That way, uh, it just provides better audio quality for the podcast. And uh, Kurt will go in and splice them together, and every now and then, you know, you'll just you know there'll be silence on one of them, and you'll just hear. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and it's coconut cream pie. Like, yeah, it's, it's, like, it's like what the what? hell is going on there? <laughs> right. Anyway, uh the uh three nothing loss to LA last night. Uh Sammy Blay was back in the lineup after missing a game due to a false positive COVID test. Um in the first period, uh, the Kings score to uh, go up one nothing. Um, Velarde scores for LA. Yeah, he stood on the on the back door during a goal mouse scramble. Nobody ever looked at him or or took him. And I'm gonna as much as everyone loves O'Reilly, I love O'Reilly, fantastic player. I thought he he missed an assignment here. Uh, he's he's covering the top of the top of the crease, and and uh, Velarde's behind him, and he doesn't he, he doesn't take him. And uh, the puck squirts free to him on a goal scramble after like three saves by Bennington, uh, who played great in that series. And uh, it just it squirts over to him. It's a 50-50 puck between O'Reilly and him. And uh, O'Reilly lost it, and uh, and, and the, the puck went in the net. So I thought that, I thought that was a uh, unfortunate because Bennington played so well in that series there uh, in the stops he made. And then to just let that guy just hang out there because he skated down and he stopped and no one picked him up. He was there for a good three or four seconds. Before the puck and, came and not just and and not just the fact that it was a, a bunch of saves by Bennington in that series, he had an unbelievable first period. Yeah. Um. You know what? What do you face? What twelve shots in that first period? Something like 12 that. Twelve shots. Yep. Twelve or thirteen. And I mean, he was great. He. I mean, and we've talked some before about you know there's been games where he's you know stepped up and you know oh he played great to start the period but he was it was clear he was fighting the puck he was. You know, uh, rebounds were shooting out. I don't feel like that was the case at all in this in this period. He, before this goal, and even well, to be honest, even after this goal, He's I good. thought he played a perfect first period. He played he, fantastic. So yeah. to see a goal go in after a series like that, and after the way he played before that goal, was just so heartbreaking because uh, he he deserved better. And it was just a it was, like you said, one guy being wide open as he skates to the net. And, and, you know, we on this show, we try to, like, pinpoint, okay, this could have been done better. This could have been differently. I don't really point at one person. I know O'Reilly was closest to him. I don't really pinpoint one person here that, that should have been on him. I just think as a team, somebody needed to pick him up, and it, it just didn't happen. Well, I, I... – I, I picked O'Reilly because it was I, I thought it was his, his guy because he he comes in and he's not covering anybody at the top of the crease. Um, he's just he's kind of just he's like trying to block a pass across and instead I mean there's no one there to cover if he just backs off and takes Velarde, there's no there's no play there there's no goal. I, yeah, that, but I think that, at the same time he's he's trying to think of like if there's a rebound I'm here to clear it out or I, I know but there's two know, defensemen if, there's two defensemen right there to his left I mean they've got that they've got that area he he there was nobody on their side I that's I think that's what he should have done but that's I, I, obviously you can play it in different ways and that's the way I I think he should have played it 
Yeah. And I think O'Reilly's had a, a couple of games in a row where he's had busted coverage down, uh, down around the crease area. Um, I think uh, last game of the Arizona series, he got caught down below the goal line when he should have been out high. Um, and they had an easy, uh, easy, uh, low slot, uh, high danger scoring chance. Um, so not, I think we're getting to the point where, you know, the, the blues, uh, you know, offense is so diluted. Uh, we're starting to see players try to do a little too much. And uh, I, I certainly think that that was the case with the second goal uh, that the Kings scored. Yeah. And, and you know, every what you know, a segue. when you're, and when you're not scoring and when you, you got players out of the lineup, you're not scoring and producing as well. You're not playing as well as you should. Uh, when stuff like this happens and you lose a, a game two nothing, three nothing, uh, every goal against is like overanalyzed. You know, if we if we score six goals in this game and win six to two, without the Kings getting the other, we don't we don't spend much time on this goal at all. But it but it's it's a big deal because it, it it's 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 pushed to the front as far as being a big deal because we're not scoring. Well, and that was my right. point with the Coyotes game last week was, you know, the one nothing loss. It was, you know, we don't even, yeah, we, we talk about this goal in the show, but we're not breaking it down like we were. Same here. Like, we're going to talk about the next goal here. This, this... They made it 2 nothing Kings. <laughs> but, but we don't even need to mention that. All we need to talk about is the fact there was one goal scored and the Blues lost. Right. You know, if, if the Blues score a goal, again, we mention this goal and we move on. But the fact that they didn't score a goal on Jonathan Quick throughout the night, it, it's and, – and listen, I will talk more about this, I'm sure. Quick had a great game, and I thought the Kings played a really good game too. I thought in the first period especially, even though the Blues only had six or seven shots, I thought most of them were quality chances, and, and Quick played great. But it was the fact of you've got to find a way to put the puck in the net. And if they don't, and they lose one nothing, three nothing, eight nothing, twelve nothing, who cares? You yeah. didn't score a goal, so it doesn't matter how many goals they put up. You put up none. Yeah, and uh, and this next goal is, uh, and and the thing is, if you're not scoring goals, then then these little mistakes are, are turn into big mistakes, uh, which you know, and and yeah, and and we just talked about that. The players are trying to do too much um, at times. And this was a, but this play in particular, and I think it's because of who did it, uh, is why it's a big deal, a bigger deal than if someone else had done this. <laughs> uh, if Shen had passed it back to, uh, to, uh, Falk. So anyway, uh, Sanford, uh, the Kings score again, uh, Dustin Brown, uh, Blues fans, favorite Kings player, uh, scored for the Kings. Uh, Sanford had the puck on his stick on the far boards in the blue zone with, with nobody really on him, there are two kings in the vicinity, but they're appealing away. They're appealing off of him because he got the puck first, and they were they were succumbing possession in the zone. They were giving it up and looked like they were gonna maybe even go for a change. But uh, Sanford inexplicably passes it to Falk, who's like six seven feet from him, uh, way too hard. And I don't Falk wasn't expecting it, and it skips right by Falk and goes to a Kings player who's well behind Falk, about ten feet behind him. Uh, below the faceoff dot, and it's like, what are you doing? Why would you? He's he's got the puck. He can easily flip it out, or just stop and and turn and do whatever he wants with it. Because the Kings players, it's it's a horrible example of poor situational awareness 
by yeah. Sanford. He just didn't know what was going on. And he, I don't know, he panicked and got rid of the puck because he thought a guy was on him when there wasn't or what. That had to be the case. But it was, and then, of course, Brown. And I thought Shen played uh, down low because Shen's kind of going towards the blue line because he thinks the puck's coming out. And uh, it gets turned over. So he peels back. And then I think it's him and Scandella, uh, or him and Krug, are back. And Shen tries to get back into the play to block Dustin Brown from coming in front. And I think he's thinking Brown's going to pass. And I thought he played this terrible. He gave Brown way too much space to go around him. And then Brown cuts in front and then shoots and was shooting a shot at wide. And it goes off Krug's skate, who was trying to play in between Brown and Kopitar uh, because he's got to guard against the pass and give Bennington the shooter, which is a good play. But, I mean, Brown's walking in front. So Krug kind of stops and it goes off his skate and in. So really shitty well, play all around, I thought. Just a bad, just I a bad, agree. bad look. I agree. But, but, but again, I will say what I said earlier about the Kings having a good game. And this was their what fourth win in a fifth. row, so they're they're playing five. good hockey. Fifth, five, five, yep. fifth win in a row. I mean, they're they're playing great hockey right now. I thought that you know, again, yes, he was given a gift, to Dustin Brown, but I thought overall that was a great play by Dustin Brown. Great awareness, uh, yeah. you know, to to look at the pass and then say, you know, what, I'm just going to throw this on net and see what happens. You know, he great play by Dustin Brown all around. But yes, I will say. Bad play by Sanford. I don't know if it was that he got nervous that there was someone on him. I thought, I think he thought that we've got, I think it was at a Sunquist that was skating up ice. Um, I think he thought, I'm going to send this to Falk. Falk's going to uh, give a perfect pass to Sunquist, and he's going to have a one on one or a, a two on one, depending on, I don't remember where the other player was. But I think he thought, give this to Falk, let Falk because he's facing the right way. He's going to give a great pass up to Sunquest, and we got a scoring chance. You know, we can make a change, whatever. But obviously, like you said, bad pass. Just a, what are you doing kind of play? Falk wasn't expecting it. Uh, like you said, I'm all for if you've got the puck in your zone, uh, especially in the second period with the long change, just loft it out. Get it out of the zone even if you're giving up possession again back to the Kings, get the puck out of the zone, do the smart play, and regroup. Uh, doing what he did was a terrible, terrible call and uh, just uh, just bad all around. And Krug, maybe he didn't play it right, but again, I'll, I'll give Dustin Brown, uh, the veteran, uh, Krug, uh, Krug benefit was, of the doubt. I, I thought Krug was fine. I thought Shen played it bad down low. Shen, sorry. Yeah. Uh, Shen, I thought Dustin Brown made a great play there. He looked, was, he looked off the pass and then made a good shot on that. I thought it was a good, great I, play. Yeah, I, I thought Brown made a real nice play with what Shen gave him. But Shen gave him way too much space. I thought that. But yeah, but yeah, but kudos to Brown for working in front. Granted, granted, Brown's shot was going wide, and it went off Krug skating in. So, <laughs> right, bad luck at the end there. Bad play, bad play, bad luck. Pucks in the net. So Brown scores again in this game, uh, and uh, the empty net goal. So I, you know, I didn't, uh, and we peppered, peppered uh, quick in the third. I thought we looked real good in the third. I mean, pressured, got some great chances, and I think uh, third period, uh, keeping us off the boards. I really thought we were going to score in this game with the way we we're pressuring. I thought, I, th- I thought a goal was coming. I thought, okay, if we can get one, you know how it goes. You get one, and then. You get fired up, and the other one sometimes comes, you know, before the period's over. So 
but uh, I, I it didn't happen. Quick was good. Quick was real good in this game. You know what year is it? Right? He was pitching a shutout. That, that I was gonna say that I so I had hockey games last night. I had to watch this game today. Uh, I didn't get to watch it last night at all. And uh, that was after the game. My my game ended. We saw the score, and and I said, "Man, three nothing Kings." And uh, you know, quick with the shutout. And uh, one of my teammates goes, "He goes, yeah, I guess uh, was it Marion Gabarik and Slava Voinov had the big goals, huh?" <laughs> and I'm like, "Yeah, that's kind of how it feels, isn't it?" <laughs> yeah, I just with 31 shots on goal. I mean, that you you think, oh, we we peppered him, and we did in the third period. Uh, but up until the third, I just, I mean, we had some good chances here and there. Uh, first period, uh, but I but I didn't see the urgency. I I saw the same kind of frustrating team that uh, that doesn't really have an identity to me um, right now that I've, I've been seeing. I I, I want to get Bill's take on this game. We haven't heard from him a little bit because Kurt and I have been just hogging the microphone. Mm. But I I will add real Shut quick up. what Ben Hockman what <laughs> what Ben Hockman said when we started this show. I thought the fourth line was fantastic. I know yeah. Kurt or Bill, one of you mentioned recently that uh, McEachern hasn't had a good season. I thought this was his best game. Mm. I thought he looked fantastic. Uh, Della Rose has been great since he's come off the taxi squad. Um, I, I think they that that Pagansky's looked fine. Uh, they're getting their chances, but like Hockman said. Uh, you can't have your fourth line be one of your best lines and get most of your scoring chances. And in that first period, I'm sorry, it wasn't uh, Pagansky on that line. It was Clifford. Um, they they looked great. They they had multiple chances where either Quick stopped them or the Kings defense took control. But uh, I thought overall that fourth line was was great all night. I want to see them together again tomorrow night. So which ones are fourth line? Um, it, it's hard to tell. I mean, is it the line with Kyle Clifford or is it the line with Austin Pagansky? Uh, I think we have two I fourth mean, lines right now. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, and the problem, the problem with this team, the offense is so diluted, right? You've got to have, you have to have, you know, pretty much everybody crammed on your top uh, line and a half really. Um, and it, it makes for makes it tough for scoring. If you don't score early, uh, you're going to get frustrated. Um, and I think that's kind of what happened with the Blues last night. They had some really great opportunities um, and quick shut them down. And you know, I think got to got into uh, you know their heads a little bit. Um, I I actually I did not get to catch a third period. Had to deal with some uh, family stuff going on. Um, but I knew after that first period, I, I knew quick wasn't going to give up a goal. It just, it had that feel of a game to me. Um, and you know, after, you know, after seeing the terrible turnover, um, by Sanford, uh, it, I, I knew what the, the outcome of the game was going to be. It, it, there was not going to be a miracle comeback in this game. Um, and yeah, it is great as the, the, fourth line, third line, whatever, um, you know, the Della Rose grouping as great as they were, um, you know, they don't score goals, right? And that's not what they're known for. If, if that's what you're calling out after the game, you know, that your fourth line was your best line um, in a shutout, you're struggling. And uh, that's, that's the only thing we can say about this team right now. They're struggling. And granted, yes, there are injuries, 
that you know the injuries have really taken the toll on this team, um, and there, there's no getting around that. But God, it's just some frustrating hockey to watch. I, I it's hard to evaluate this. I mean, doing a show like this and and, and analyzing and evaluating the team, it's hard to evaluate this team and how good they're going to be. Like Hawkman said, and I agree with him completely that that uh, he's optimistic about a healthy Blues team, uh, and I am too. But this team right now. Uh, it doesn't look good because of all the guys out and a lot of question marks and a couple of guys out, have been out for a while. So, uh, but right now this, this team is hard to evaluate. And uh, so I, I try to really temper my, my uh, frustrations and my anger uh, about the way the team plays and everything. But, but then again, they were inconsistent when they were healthy or when they were relatively healthy, you know? So they have not played great hockey by any means. Uh, consistently this year yet, even when they were relatively healthy with Tarasenko out still, but right. And, and I mean, just think about it. Where, where are we in terms of the season, right? We we're we're just at the, is it just one third. quarter or are we what the third or one third? Yep. Right. So, so this is basically, you know, we've, we've gone through, you know, in a typical season, what would be the doldrums around Thanksgiving that, you know, where just, uninspired boring hockey is played and now we're we're more getting towards you know christmas um if the team can get a little bit healthier you know i'm not i'm not going to say that they're going to go on a magic run they don't have to they're not that far down in the standings like they were in 19 but well it's just we're we're at the point in the season where you'd like to see some kind of cohesiveness start to come together and so I don't know. Maybe Bortuzzo. I know. He, I know he's listening. Uh, maybe kick the shit out of Sanford sometime <laughs> in the next week. <laughs> yeah. Do us all a favor. Uh, wait until we get healthy, so we can actually have a you know uh, a team that is capable of going on a nice run. Um, but real I, quick uh, comments on the show. F one one seven Nighthawk, uh, who's become a very loyal listener, and and uh, we we appreciate it. Uh, Ponder gets me. I didn't watch live, but I watched after knowing the outcome. Yeah, I. It's funny because like I saw the outcome and I said, "God damn it, I'm gonna have to suffer through this tomorrow," and I was not happy about it. And I say like I tell myself I do it for the show. But I did the same thing before we started doing this show in 2011. So <laughs> I'm always going to put myself through the misery of watching Blues games, even after knowing they got their asses kicked. Uh, you know, this loss wouldn't have bothered me as much uh, if we had won Saturday against San Jose. Uh, obviously, yeah. I mean, we because we we it wouldn't be two in a row, you know. And, and if we if we can beat LA in the second game, we'll have won three out of four, whatever it is. So uh, uh, we have the loss on on Saturday to San Jose, which I'm not going to talk about much. But you know, I was at Sunrise for that game, Sunrise Brewery. But uh, that was frustrating because they played well after they got down again. Uh, they just and they just couldn't get over the hump there at the end. So um, I, when they tied it four four, I thought we're winning this game. We're going to win this game, and just that didn't happen. Uh, the uh, I, I so the clown jerseys. I think I think is I have I have a reason why things are going down the way they are. It's the curse. Oh boy, the curse of the clown jersey, right? Hear me out. So I I, I put this on Twitter earlier today. Uh, nineteen ninety five ninety eight was the birth of the original clown jersey. So that was the Keenan era, 
Kiprios dives on Fuhrer's knee. The Gretzky fiasco happened. The Irisman goal happened, which is the same thing. Uh, well, tying with Gretzky. Uh, disappointment uh, was the was the tone for that. Disappointment, frustration, um, confusion with Blues fans as far as how Keenan was running things. They gave him complete control of the team, head coach and GM. And uh, while he he just and he wheeled and dealed and and let's add let's add real quick here too that was the end of the Brett Hall era well, when that no Hull, well he Hall was Hull was here nineteen ninety eight no Hall was here for the New Jerseys yeah he was here when they they revealed the New Jerseys but he didn't play a full season in the New Jerseys he played in didn't he he played ninety eight ninety nine didn't he. 98, 99, He was with the uh, with the wasn't he with with the stars? I thought I thought he played a season with the uh, New Jerseys. No, he they they revealed them and he played a couple games with them because they basically used him as thirds. But he did not play. I'm pretty sure. Oh, they they did reveal them, and that's right. They revealed him as thirds, didn't they? That season prior yep. to going. And to yeah, ninety eight, ninety nine. He was a he was a that's... Dallas star. I see. I knew that, but I, I, okay. I remember him in that other that in the New Jersey, and I forgot that they used it as a. Third I remember jersey. they did That's a they right. did they did a they did a photo shoot with him yes. in the New Jersey, but he yes. was gone when the New Jersey was was really used as the New Jersey as the number one as the main jersey, right? Yeah. So Brett Hall, technically, <clears throat> his last days in with the Blues were in the clown jersey. That's even worse. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, the, uh, and then 2019, 20 last year, they brought back the, the clowns, uh, as the retro jerseys. And, uh, we, the world had a pandemic. Tarasenko re-injured his shoulder and we flopped in the playoffs. Disappointment again. And then this year they unveiled the reverse retros going to the well again, third time, uh, Petrangelo leaves, uh, fans are annoyed at the Jersey itself. Uh, team has no identity, massive injury issues. Uh, disappointment so far with the team this season. Inconsistency. So it's it's the curse of the clown jerseys. Let's. I, 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 is there going to be another iteration of this jersey in the future? Hope not. Uh, so no. somebody somebody no. said I'm I'm trying to find it in the chat and unfortunately I can't. Somebody said that um, at first they it might have been Puck Guy fourteen. That oh there it is uh so I saw the reverse retro jerseys and yeah. they are as bad as I thought the I regular re- retro jerseys aren't that bad and it's funny we actually kind of talked about that uh last season especially after the first game they wore them it was actually kind of fun even though we hate those jerseys to relive seeing those jerseys and to see them in HD was interesting. and I I didn't hate it as much as I thought I would even the second time they played I was like. Yeah, those jerseys are hideous, but it's kind of fun to see them. These reverse retros, I can't. I I tried again today when I rewatched the game last night. I tried. I said, "Keep just keep it on. Watch it." I couldn't watch it. I had to. I had to turn down the color again and watch it in black and white. I Bernie, couldn't take it. it. They're so hard to look at. Bernie Federico and I share the same opinion because when they when they came out with the reverse retro, the reverse the the retro jerseys last season, not the reverse retros, but the retros last season. Uh, Federico, the first game he, uh, in between periods, he was like, "Yeah," or after the game, 
the first game they wore them. He goes, yeah, these these jerseys are they're, they're okay. They're kind of fun for a couple games, but that's it. No more. <laughs> you know. And I and we talked about that at the time. It's like, oh wow. It's like I, I I'm thinking I see Tekenen out there. Number ten is Tekenen. That's Tekenen to me in that jersey. So uh, uh, yeah, that was kind of neat to see all of a sudden see those jerseys, those players, those numbers, and then think, oh my gosh. Uh, that's Riche or that's uh, Tikkanen or whoever, right? So, yeah, uh, but but these ones, there's no fun for me. No, I it's, it's I and, and listen, there are people that like it. My wife is one of them, which I chastise her for all the time. But I just don't. I I I think so many people. I really think it's it's an outweighed by more people hate them than like them. I I think they're hideous. Yeah. They're I, hard to look at. I don't know what you're gonna do. Just I hope they don't do it again. <laughs> yeah. Uh, go go back to our preseason show where we rank ranked them. Um yeah. you know, they were very bottom for most of us. Oh god. I've seen some reviews where people put those in the in the top tier of good jerseys. Good reverse retros. I'm like, what do you I mean? Okay, you know what? If individual fan here or there likes them, that's fine. I mean, whatever. It's going to happen. People like different things. Uh, but this this guy is like a you know does a write stuff and does a podcast and things. And I'm like, okay, so you're saying that you're you're trying to imply at least your opinion carries some weight, right? Or at least some to some degree. You know, people may want to listen to you for some reason. So you. And but and he puts this jersey in the top. I'm like, okay, all credibility shot <laughs> with you. It's just I think not. I think it's funny. I think it was Game Time that posted an article last night that was like the the Blues sure looked bad last night. Oh, and the game didn't go well either. Yeah. <laughs> Centerrise Brewery is St. Louis's only hockey themed brew house. Stop on in during the next game to experience the ultimate hockey fan brewery while sampling various hockey inspired beers such as Old Arena Lager, the Beauty IPA the Rotating Pale Ale Series, or seasonal offerings such as their Imperial Stout, their Lime Sherbet Sour, and much more. While you're there enjoying any number of their fantastic beverages, you can admire the bar top and tables made of authentic arena wood and the actual penalty box door from the old barn. Located at 3126 Olive Street in Midtown St. Louis, it's one of the best places to watch a Blues game or any game. Visit centereyesbrewery.com today to schedule a no-contact curbside pickup or make a reservation in the tap room. Center Ice Brewery. Let's go blues. Please drink responsibly. And uh, oh, also, while you're there, look for our stickers that they are selling. Uh, our, uh, our stag beer blues mashup parody stickers that, uh, that they're selling that uh, we created. It's also available on our website, letsgoblues.com, along with, I think they said they're going to put it on their website as well to sell. So you can get that a few different places. And uh, again, we, we've said this before. This is, you know, we've, we've, we have talked about them for years on this show without them being an official sponsor for a reason. They are fantastic. Their beer is great. Uh, their customer service is fantastic. Their bartenders are some of the most fun people to be around. Um, and it's just a great place to hang out again. Post pandemic, hopefully we're talking about that soon. Get a giant group there. Go watch a Blues game. It is some of the most fun you'll have. They got bubble hockey, everything. It's it's so much fun. It's a great you know spot. What? You ever go to like a Buffalo Wild Wings and watch a game, or a big, huge conglomerate like a, a sports bar place? 
and you talk to a waitress or a bartender and you quickly realize that they don't know sports at all. It's just like they're just hired to work and they don't care about the sports necessarily. Um, yep. The the employees at uh, Sunrise, you can talk hockey with the employees at Sunrise. So that's, oh, yeah. an op- that's an option for you. They know their stuff too. In fact, they typically bring it up with me. I mean, obviously Brody, you mentioned Brody, he's not there anymore. But every time I come in, Brody would say, how about that game last night? And it wasn't just a, uh, oh, yeah, the score was two to one and Braden Shen scored. Like, what it channel's the game on? Full, I don't know. Yeah, it was it was <laughs> full on hockey conversation with Brody every time, and I've had it with the same. I, I'm I'm sorry, I, I'm drawing blanks on names of other bartenders, but has same conversations with them as well. So great stuff. Loved Centerized Brewery, one of the best places in St. Louis to go to watch a hockey game. Yep, and uh, I know um, back before the pandemic, they and I think after the pandemic, I'm not sure if they're doing it now. Uh, but I know when the pandemic is uh, over, or they'll when they resume normality a little bit, uh, they'll uh, I assume they'll resume the shuttle they ran, which is a fantastic way to go to the Blues games. Uh, you park at Center Ice for free, get a beer. You go inside, you get a beer. You gotta get a beer first. Have a beer, hang out for a bit, and then jump on the shuttle, and it takes you over to uh, Enterprise. And then after the game, Stan- you jump on, the, jump on the shuttle, the Stanley Shuttle, yeah, Stanley at, Shuttle, yep. yeah. After the game, jump on the shuttle, comes back. Hang out for a bit more if you want. Have another beer, then go home. That's free parking. Save twenty bucks, twenty five dollars, whatever you got to pay. Um, that's pretty fantastic. It's, it's, a, it's the best way to park and go to the game. I think. Are the Blues in trouble, guys? I mean, we didn't really. I mean, we kind of danced around the idea of of whether they are or they're not. But I mean, nineteen games played. It's the one third mark. Four, five, and two at home. Four, five, and one. So under five hundred last ten games. Fourth in division and point percentage. Uh, Kings aren't that far behind us. Um, so next game is kind of a, I mean, it's kind of a big deal. Uh, $33 million in injuries, inconsistent play, special teams are a mess. Uh, identity, does the team have one? I don't think so right now. Are they in trouble? They're certainly not, uh, flourishing right now. Um, you know, I, I, I think that they're going to have to find a way to, to eke out some wins, um, in the very near future. Um, you know, it's this is the the toughest stretch that we've had to to watch through in a couple of years. Um, is does it pretend bad things for you know for the rest of the season? Um, you know, if we can start getting healthy, probably not. A third of the way, you know, doesn't write your story, uh, as we found out in you know nineteen. But you know, you're not going to get a miracle like that every year. So find a way to eke out some of these wins, you know, find a way to beat a Jonathan quick, find a way to, you know, to, you know, beat the sharks in that four to four game. Don't let it go to the shootout. Uh, Just, yeah, they're, they're hurting. um, But, you know, we're not talking nails in the coffin just yet. Yeah. I I think that um, there's a lot of, we've talked about the injury issues, you know, you expect, and, and I know some people were, saying online, like, it's hard to judge, you know, it's hard to really get pissed at this point because they've got so many injuries. But at the same time, you know, you expect your depth to be NHL quality, right? Like, you want these guys to be able to come in and compete. And right now, we're just not seeing that from a lot of these players. And um, so you do have to question, you know, is this team 
ready for the big time. You know, all these younger guys that are stepping in outside of Cairo, can they come in and play big minutes when you need them to? And right now the answer is no, they're not. We're not seeing goal support. We're not seeing defensive play. Uh, you know, Bennington, I think, has played great. Um, and, and Huso has played very well the, the couple starts he's gotten uh, since he got his first win. But um, I think the, the issue that I'm seeing is – Honestly, and, and, and Kurt, we kind of talked about this last week. I know you differ on how Bill and I feel with the power play. At this point, I'm willing to say this power play is never going to improve. So we have to see five-on-five goals. You have to be able to put the puck in the net and convert on your chances. And right now, we're not seeing that at all. The uh, the, the the five-on-five play is just not there. I mean, they... I still think they're having great pressure in the zone and they're causing a lot of turnovers from the opposing teams, but they're not capitalizing on those turnovers. They're not capitalizing on their chances. And, you know, the fact that one goal is beating you again, yes, it was a three nothing game last night, but the Kings didn't need those other two goals. They just needed the one. So you add one goal when it matters in that game. And guess what? We're talking about, you know, we're talking about a one-one game going into the second or third period, whatever it is, and it's a completely different landscape that we're seeing. So, are the Blues in trouble? Yes. I mean, in a shortened season, yes, they're in trouble. They have to figure this out. We have to see five-on-five goals. Uh, we have to see. You know, the the penalty kills improved a bit, but I mean, I just they got to figure this out. We got to see. Baruby style hockey. They've built this roster, I think, around a Baruby style, and we're just not seeing it right now. I, I think I I think this this uh this roster as we speak, and like Hawkman said earlier, and uh I this roster as it is right now is in trouble. Uh is the roster in trouble that we get more healthy? No, I don't think so. But I mean, at where are we going to be when we're healthy? That I, I do we just need to tread water until then? Because um, right now we're fourth in win percentage, and the Kings are not far behind us. So if we lose to the Kings tomorrow, uh, then we've lost three in a row, and the Kings are right there with us, and we're in danger of falling to fifth in winning percentage. Which, if we don't finish the season, it's going to come down to winning percentage. If, the, if if COVID stops the season early, so and you want to get up there and win percentage, and uh, right well, now we're and, fourth. And Kurt, not to not to you know uh, interrupt you because I want you to finish your thought here, but uh, the fact that you just said you know you lose tomorrow, you got three losses in a row. You're not losing to the Avalanche and the and the the Knights and even the Coyotes who've given the Blues okay. fits. You're losing to the Sharks who are at the bottom of the division. And yes, the Kings are playing great hockey right now, but they're not Stanley Cup hopefuls. The right. Blues are. Yeah, that's an issue. The King, yeah, the Kings are not supposed to be a playoff team. Um, and and in a shortened season in these series, you need to get these points. You don't have to win them all, but you you be she should be winning three out of these three out of every four of these games, give or take. You know, I mean, pretty much. And they're not. You know they're they're barely they're what I don't know what the record is against San Jose and L.A. but it, it's I mean it's and the bottom teams it's just not as good as it should be 
they're not playing as well. Uh, they and they let the Sharks get three out of four points against them over the weekend. You can't you can't let that happen. I mean, it's not no disrespect against San Jose. Or, I mean, I just you know they're they're not as good. Their expectations this year not anywhere close to what the Blues uh, are, and the Blues need to be better against those teams. That's just the way it is, and I don't care who it is. As long as those types of teams, you have to beat. It's because, like you said, they're not Colorado, they're not Vegas, and you're going to have trouble getting points against those. Those are hard-fought points, and if you're having hard-fought points against San Jose and LA, and you're you're breaking even against them at best, I mean, what do you what do you what are we doing? So, uh, well, you you mentioned their records against these two teams, the Kings, one and two. Uh, seven goals for 11 goals against, which the Kings are not known for scoring goals. So that's an issue. Sharks, they're two, one and one, uh, 13 goals for 13 goals against. I mean, you, you not gotta improve those numbers. You, you gotta enough. be better against those teams. Yep. So let's, let's pretend Berube and the blues did not win the cup in 2019. Okay. Would people be saying, and that's a that's a it's a hypothetical what if because we did win the cup. It's a, it makes a difference, but if we didn't, would people be saying right now that he's on the hot seat because of last season had a good regular season last season, but then flopped in the bubble, flopped in the playoffs, all right? Uh, and then this season, not up to expectations. Granted, there are injury issues. I'm not saying I'm not asking if he's gonna be fired this season, but. There would be talk, and there would be rumblings amongst fans. You don't hear anything about Ruby's job right now. Nothing, right, from anybody. Not even the most pessimistic Blues fans on social media. They're not saying, oh, fire Ruby. Um, I beg to differ. Really? You I see did it? see. I did see a couple comments last night. I don't – okay. That has, yeah. to be, it has to be the minority. But would, but It I is the minority. Would there, would no. be, there would be a lot of it if we hadn't won the Cup. I think based on the way the team's played now and the playoffs and bubble last season about how the team is not responding to Bruby anymore. The shortened season, you know, that just with the craziness of everything that's gone on, you, you don't make, you don't change coaches, especially a guy that delivered you your first championship. Maybe, you know, what this does is it burns out, you know, a, a year of his contract and maybe it's like, well, it, you know, we're not going to re-up you at the end of it, but it's not something that this season, especially with the injuries, you're not going to say, you know, what I, I think, I think what this team needs to turn around is a guy to come in because the guy, the guy that's going to come in and kick this team in the ass is the guy that's already there. Right. And if the team won't respond to him, you know, maybe it's it's the fact that you just you're playing too decimated. If the, if there's any talk of that, I think it's way too premature. You, you don't you don't fire a guy in a season like this. Uh, you well, you don't fire a Baruby. Maybe you fire a Jeff Blashill um, in in Detroit, but you don't fire a Craig Baruby in a shit season like this. Uh, Puckeye fourteen YouTube chat just posted a smiley face. That's all he said. <laughs> and it makes it the uh, puck guy 14 is Eric from the uh, Teal Town USA podcast. Fine job over there that they do. Friends of the show. Um, do we do we propose with the with the shape the Blues are in now? Do we propose uh, uh, something with them next game? I mean, we talked about it before about a a wager of sorts, a logo on the screen during the show, kind of a thing. 
Uh, I am all for wagers with another podcast. So sure. yes, whatever you guys want to do, let's do it. So so I will. Eric- I will. How about this? Uh, let's let's talk about this, Eric. Uh, I will wear a San Jose Sharks. I will paint it on my head. I will put a logo on my head of the San Jose Sharks or Teal Town USA. But one of your people has to agree to do the same thing if the Blues win next, or the. Sharks, obviously, man. <laughs> there you go. There's one. I, I was I was gonna go something simple with like a logo on the screen, <laughs> like a Stanley Cup nope, champion going, blues logo. I'm going with. I will have my sister, who is an artist, paint it on my forehead for the oh. next show, or something about the hand pass. No, yeah, funny. <laughs> That'd be good. I like that. Uh, he says, "Let's go." Okay, we'll work it out. We'll do. I mean, uh, we'll have to, we'll talk on Twitter or something, and we'll we'll figure it out. So. uh Next Blues and Sharks matchup, we'll have something on the on the books as far as a little friendly wager goes. Uh, in terms of uh, Ruby's job, I I know the hypothetical is uh, you know uh, if they don't win the cup in 2019, but to be honest, if they don't win the cup in 19, I don't think he's still here. I think so. I, I know think that Ruby... it depends how the playoffs worked out. I think if he goes two rounds or so, I think he's here. Don't you? Yeah, maybe, maybe. But I think his leash would have been shorter. I think maybe. maybe at the end of the bubble, we have this conversation. Maybe. But he had such a good regular season, though, before the bubble. Yeah. First in the yeah. West. So, I mean. Maybe. I don't know. It, it's hard to say. But I would think yeah. right now with the injury, we saw the same thing. If you remember back to the Davis Payne short era here, he had an injury-plagued season. And they let him play it out until the next year, until they decided to bring in Ken Hitchcock. I almost called him Hen Kitchcock. Hen Kitchcock. Hen <laughs> um, Kitchcock. Hen Kitchcock. Uh, but until the, until they brought in Hitchcock, I think that um, they they were like, let's see what Davis can do. Um, and you know, obviously they they made the the call then. But I think it would have been the same thing here. I think we would have seen the Blues decide, you know, hey, we can give him a go. Let's see how he does. And if another coach becomes available, <clears throat> we'll see. But I'm with Bill. I think in a season like this. Um, I don't think you see, I mean, how many, we haven't had any coaching changes yet, right? Not at all. No. And I think it'd been the same thing here. I don't think we would have seen Baruby let go either. And and even maybe at the end of the season, you have that discussion, but right now, I don't think so. Up next for the Blues, uh, tomorrow night versus LA, NBCSN will be using John Kelly and Darren Pang on their Blues broadcast Wednesday night. So that's, that'll be fun. Any, uh, anything else guys before we wrap the show up? No, Again, just uh, big thanks to not having to do the VPN for tomorrow night's game. It's, it's going to be great. <laughs> uh, a big thanks uh, again goes out to Ben Hockman. Um, if you want to follow him on Twitter, H O C H M A N is uh, is his. It's just Hockman, his last name. Obviously, check him out over at stltoday.com and uh, check out his uh, Ten Hockman every day at 10 a.m. Central Time. Um, ben does a great job. Very much fun having him on. And again, somebody I missed in the press box in my days. Great catching up with him and uh, wish him only the best. So again, Ben, if you're still listening or if you're listening tomorrow, thanks again for coming on. It was great having you. Uh, Puckeye14 says, uh, I'll rock a Blues jersey if they win. So you're painting a Sharks jersey on your forehead or on your face or wherever if the Sharks win. And Eric's going to rock a Blues jersey on their show if we win. That's not the deal. No, that's not the deal. That's I think, I think it's fair. No, it's not fair. 
Well, he has then, to paint a blues jersey on his forehead. A blues, a, a blues logo. I think you came up with that. He never agreed to that. <laughs> well, if he didn't agree with that's fine. I'll just wear a Sharks jersey. I'm cool with that. Okay. I, I was fine with logos on the screen. I wasn't asking anybody to deface their body. <laughs> I, I'm willing to go as crazy as Eric or AJ or whoever wants to go. <laughs> okay. So, so as of right now, unless it gets negotiated upwards, uh, as of right now, it's jerseys. Uh, unless unless we work out something a little more dramatic, <laughs> do well. See, my my buddy has a jersey. I, I my buddy has a sharks jersey, so I could wear that. Uh, I don't know about him. How, does did Eric? Do you have access to a Blues jersey? He says he has. I mean, he has a rock one, so I guess. Uh, support for Let's Go Blues Radio is brought to you by Manscaped, the best in men's blow the waist grooming products. <laughs> Get 20% off for free shipping at manscaped.com with code LGB. Look good, smell good, feel good with Manscaped. And buy ID Life, the world's only truly personalized vitamin platform based on a health assessment of your DNA. Rockin', visit rockinthatidlife.com for more information. That's rockinthatidlife.com. And get 10% off by texting Dustin at 636-393-8745. And in my radio voice, it's 636-393-8745. And tell him Let's Go Blues Radio sent you. And by Center Ice Brewery, St. Louis's hockey-themed brewery. Visit centericebrewery.com today to schedule a no-contact curbside pickup or to make a reservation in their awesome tap room. While you're there uh, and enjoying a number of their fantastic beers, you can admire the bar top and tables made of authentic arena wood. Located at 3126 Olive Street in Midtown St. Louis, it's one of the best places to watch the Blues game. That's centericebrewery.com. Please drink responsibly. That'll wrap up episode 24 of Season 9 of the original St. Louis Blues Hockey Podcast, Let's Go Blues Radio. Thanks for listening, and thanks to those who participated in the YouTube and Facebook live chats during the live show. We hope you enjoyed it as much as we've enjoyed bringing it to you. For Jeff Ponder and Bill Day, I'm Kurt Price. Until next time, everyone, let's go Blues. Let's go Blues. Let's go Blues. Uh, the Chiefs are at home tonight against Cyanusport at the War Memorial at 8. Good seats are still available. I think that went very well. Thank you for listening to Let's Go Blues Radio. Now take off, hosers. I want you to have a heart attack and die so that we never have to do this shit again. Well, there's 90 minutes of your life you'll never get back. Sorry. St. <laughs> Louis Blues. St. Louis Blues. Have you heard the news about our St. Louis Blues? They've only, only just, just begun. begun. They're, They're way. number one. Now there's no more blues for our St. Louis Blues. The blues are on the ice tonight again. They're rough and tough and got the stuff to win. They'll always get one more, no matter what the score. They are quite a hockey team, my friend.